smell what the rock is cooking. Hey everybody, uh, we're back. Uh, not even going to try to apologize because we've done this so many times. I'm sure if there's a there's ever a, a listener, a bingo game out there for us, one of them's going to be apologizes for not being on for a while. Although to be fair, this was a lot longer than the previous breaks we've taken, and it's a million and one reasons why uh, someone we were living with moved out, and we moved stuff around, then uh, the finances got tight, and then we just had. We were just exhausted some weeks. You know, just life was complicated. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to try to get back to doing this more regularly, but we might knock it down to two times a month just because we've got other stuff to do. Trying to do this every week is difficult. Yeah. Although I really do And like... my uh, days off keep changing and stuff. Although I do mm -hmm. really like um, doing this every week because I know when I'm listening to podcasts, I hate it when they take their weeks off because I listen to them at work. Yeah. But anyway, um, <clears throat> we're back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and another reason we were putting it off is because this is a particularly long one, probably the longest thing we'll do yeah. in one sitting. Longer uh, than the video game we played. Yeah, this is uh, The Epic Journey of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, it's a pseudo-documentary. I, 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 it we'll, feels very we'll talk weird. About, we'll talk about that in a bit. But yeah. it's got basically a, a, like an hour and a half documentary to two hours about... Dwayne Johnson's life up to 2012 when this came out. And then two whole discs consisting of, well, just wrestling matches. Wrestling matches, yeah. That he did, some of which are kind of odd choices. They're honestly. very, yeah, they, they seem, you, you pointed this out when we were watching it, they seem very random. Like a couple yeah. of them seem like, oh, that logic. makes sense. Yeah, a lot But of most of them were very random. Yeah, that they would choose those particular matches. It feels more like they were just the matches they were willing to put on a disc that mm -hmm. they didn't think they could sell any other way, in some cases. Yeah. There's three or four, if you count the very first one, that we think are really interesting. Yeah. But we'll get to that when we're talking about it. Yeah. Um, and the last, like, three things on there aren't even matches. They're no, just they're extended just... Extended conversations that Dwayne Johnson has as the rock in the ring. Yeah, and they, they weren't necessary. <laughs> Yeah, but it was nice to see his character. Uh, there are a couple of things I'm going to correct myself for past podcasts at this point, based on what I learned in this. First of all, I think in both Walking Tall and Be Cool, I insinuated it was kind of weird. They were implying that Dwayne Johnson was half black, or black, because as far as I knew, he was Samoan. Because I knew of his Samoan ancestry, I did not know his father was Rocky Johnson, who was also a famous wrestler. Mm -hmm. uh, so he is, apparently, at least half black, and I'm guessing half Samoan. Hmm. Uh, I, I should have done more research into his ancestry. In fact, I could probably do more now to verify if that his Samoan grandfather is his father's father or his mother's father. But look like his mother. Yeah, hmm. but to be fair, I'm just saying he hmm. definitely is. There definitely he is at least partly black. So that does explain why he was playing characters like that occasionally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the second thing I'm going to apologize about is actually about our Doom review. I, I um, as I mentioned in our way back when we started this Voyager podcast. Which was almost a year ago. I'm actually... Hang on. Yeah, uh, it, the, our very first podcast was posted April 26th of last year. <laughs> so we're, we're almost to a year of having done this podcast, and we're barely halfway through Rock's story. But uh, almost... He did a, year, a lot. Yeah, almost a year ago when he did that, I mentioned that the only thing I remembered about him from his WWFE career was him as an incredibly confident good guy. 
And we find out in this story, we'll go into the details of it later, that apparently he switched back and forth between being a baby face, as they called a good guy, and a heel, the bad guys, a lot. Yeah, he, he, a lot. <laughs> and I apparently, I guess, missed the heel part, or I didn't interpret it that he was a bad guy. So when we got our Doom reviews, I was saying that he just didn't know how to play a bad guy. I've since realized what he actually, his, the reason he does what he does at the end of Doom with his face twitching, yeah. is probably because... Being a wrestler is a lot like being a stage actor. You have to project for everybody to see what you're doing. Yeah. Basically, overact in order for people to... Understand the, the emotion yeah. you're trying to get across. And as a result of that fact, um, it's being a wrestler is a very weird combination of stage actor, tumbler, and clown. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, you have to wear a costume, you have to be able to do physical acting like a tumbler does, and you also have to project a character. It's, uh, it's soap opera. Yeah, with over the big muscular with, dudes. With a athletic <laughs> soap operas. <laughs> but the, the reason I bring it up is that for Dwayne Johnson, I'm guessing, since Doom was literally, apparently he was still pseudo-wrestling yeah. after he shot Doom. Like yeah. he, they would get into he it actually in makes day. fun of it in the documentary. Mm -hmm. But I'm just meaning, like, he yeah. was probably, like, I think some of his appearances on Raw or whatever were after he had shot Doom, but maybe before it came out. Yeah. He, um... He was still acting like the heel of a wrestling match in that movie, which yeah. turns bad. Yeah. And I think that's that. So it wasn't that he was unaware of how to do it; is that he was doing it as he would in his wrestling career. And I should clarify that because it, it's it's a different. It's not that he was a bad actor; it's that he was going with his the wrong kind of acting mm -hmm. for the situation. Because he just wasn't settled with movies yet. Yeah. And he played a good guy up to that point, and most of the movies up to that point were fairly over the top. The rundown. Uh, Scorpion King, yeah. so he could play over the top good guy, and it wouldn't translate transfer all that much. Yeah. But Drew was trying to be a bit more subtle and atmospheric in quotations. That's we why say this with a grain of salt. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's why everything was so dark because they were trying to be atmospheric, and in reality, it would have actually been more horrifying if we could actually see what the monsters looked like. <laughs> it's one of the rare movies where seeing the monster would have been nice. Yeah. <laughs> but in any event, uh, so those are the clarifications I want to make for past podcasts. Uh, we will now discuss the actual uh, uh, documentary itself. Uh, first off, I want to say this is not a documentary, no. in the strictest sense of the word. This is a, an advertisement. advertisement. Yeah. This, this movie, we're going to discuss it now, because it's going to make things a little bit easier to talk about later. There are three elements that this movie is trying to do. The first is to set up Dwayne Johnson wrestling at WrestleMania 28. To remind everybody in the audience... Guess who's coming back for yeah. WrestleMania 28. Because apparently he did an announcement at WrestleMania 27. Yeah. And apparently, I guess he was a, a, a ref or something like that, or an announcer there. And we didn't... A I host. Didn't, a host. Yeah. I didn't know that, because apparently on IMDb, it splits up your appearances. Yeah. And uh, he didn't perform, I guess. He technically would have been under himself, like self-appearance. Yeah. For WrestleMania 27, which I'm fine with because I wouldn't have wanted to pay to... WrestleMania 27 uh, would have just been him as an announcer with a couple of... And he, like, his big announcement, I guess, is actually in this documentary, so it really wouldn't have been worth the money. No. But I do wish I'd known because I would have mentioned that uh, <laughs> earlier. Um, but anyway, he was in that, and then this came out, I'm guessing, right before. Like, it probably was like a six-hour, like, before WrestleMania, like, thing on the WWE. Like, they probably showed it. Yeah, on regular television. Yeah. To remind the audience, because it had been seven-plus years since Dwayne Johnson had been back in the ring, to remind people of who Dwayne Johnson was, who The Rock was, what his character was. Mm -hmm. 
Um, to remind you of they why they were still pretending that wrestling was real. That's the second thing. Yeah. Don't get ahead of me. So Sorry. that was the first one. This was an advertisement to remind people of who Dwayne Johnson was in the cloak of we're, we're doing an honor to him because he's such an amazing person. Yeah. Number two is the kayfabe, which is what you were just talking about, where yeah. they're pretending that wrestling is real. And for any of our listeners who do not understand what we mean by that, we are not saying these they guys... They are not athletic. Yeah, it's not these guys aren't physically throwing and each other... And they don't get hurt. <laughs> it's not these guys don't are not physically throwing each other around the ring. It is that these guys are trying their best that like they said they're tumblers they're yeah. they're they're circus performers when a circus performance act you know bounces around and like they're going to sh like the clowns that tumble and dive yeah they're not trying to get hurt they're yeah. not trying to hurt each other they're trying to do a performance that's what this is when someone gets hurt it's be like seriously hurt torn tendons and stuff it's because something went wrong. Yeah. They didn't mean to do that. Because if they really wanted to hurt each other, no one would last in wrestling more than a year. <laughs> Seriously, these guys are huge, all muscle, and if they were really going at it as hard as they could on each other, they would break it. They would at least tear some tendons, destroy some muscles every year. Yeah. Now, cumulatively over the years, eventually they do do those things. Yeah. But it's just, it would happen almost instantaneously. <laughs> We'd be going through wrestlers left and right. Which is also <laughs> one of the reasons why wrestling, real wrestling, by which I, I'm not saying it's not real, but real in the quotations, like Olympic wrestling, has a boatload of rules. Yeah. That you're not allowed to do the things they do in these. In, in, in wrestling. <laughs> in, in this kind of performance <laughs> wrestling. Yeah. But what we mean by it's not real is that, one, they're not really trying to hurt each other. They're still athletic, they're still doing damage, they're still putting themselves out there, and they're still doing far more than either of us could possibly do in a ring. But yeah. it's not an attempt to actually hurt each other. And two, their storylines are completely made up. There <laughs> yeah. are, yeah. Most of these guys are just normal dudes that hang out and drink beers after work. Like, this is not a serious issue. It's not to say that there isn't moments where it's like, where they where real life bleeds into it but overall it's just a performance it's it's athletic soap operas yes and it's it's, it's literally just that <laughs> mm -hmm. so that's the second thing it's to maintain kayfabe and it's really like maintaining kayfabe maintain the illusion this is all real mm -hmm. is really important or at least it was as up to this point in wrestling to maintain yeah. this illusion that wrestling is real these guys really this really is Dwayne Johnson really is the rock like yeah. that's how he actually talks in real life as he walks around and refers to himself in the third person yeah he doesn't but that's how the show was portraying his character that's what they're trying to maintain that yeah and that's why and the wrestlers the first two those two elements um are kind of Contra kind of contradictory for They're this contradicting each other throughout the entire documentary part. Yeah, they have to be very careful of how they phrase everything because it literally comes close to saying, okay, okay, for example, and we'll get into it, the specifics of the wrestling match later, but in the first ever of The Rock doing a wrestling match where he plays Rocky... Menevia? Menevere? You wrote it down, right? Menev? Mayavia? Yeah, something like that. Uh, and I apologize, I will I will look up the actual pronunciation because I'm sure it's on the internet somewhere. Mm -hmm. They were saying it so fast, and it's literally just the start of his wrestling career. He dropped that really quick. Yeah. Which I will explain where it comes from in a minute, but... Uh, Rocky Mayavia. Yeah. M-A-I-V-I-A. -I yeah. Um, in that one, when he's talking about it, it's apparently up for the international belt. 
and it's an it's an elimination match, a Survivor Series, yeah. where everybody there's two teams, but after you get tapped out, you leave the ring. Yeah, and he's the last one there. And in the two guys. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying he won it. Yeah. is the point I'm getting at. Yeah, in, at this point, we'll get to the specifics later. Yeah, but. In the mat, in the documentary, he says something along the lines of, "Yeah, it was amazing because it was my it was my first performance, and I did a really good job, and I, I won the belt, which was great." And it's one of those statements that is just on the line of he might be referring to the script let me win, and I performed it really well, selling that, or that he actually wrestled those guys and won the belt all on his own. Yeah, it's literally like right down the middle, and that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, they be very very careful yeah. how they phrase things yeah. to maintain kayfabe while still trying to actually do a documentary about Dwayne Johnson. Uh, number three, this thing is supposed to be doing is is an advertisement for how awesome it is to work at WWE, which we all have since found out is bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> Vince McMahon is a terrible human being and treats his wrestlers awful. And yeah, the moment they're no longer useful to him, he discards them. Yeah. And it was actually uncomfortable that to watch. Was, that was uncomfortable. To watch how many times, especially Dwayne Johnson, had to kiss Vince McMahon's butt in this. Yeah. Um, even in his documentary. Like, it felt so Trumpian. Because literally, we'll jump to the very end. The last thing they talk about in the documentary, the very last thing. Because midway through the documentary, they talk about the cute relationship mm -hmm. between Mick Foley and uh, Dwayne Johnson's characters. Yeah. Of Mankind and. and the Rock, respectively, yeah. and how Mankind threw a huge birthday party for him, and it went way long, and Vince was really pissed about it. Yeah. And then at the very end, they make it a point of saying that, well, you know, Vince also came out a few years later and gave Dwayne Johnson a, a heartwarming speech about how much he cared about And Dwayne gave Johnson. him a birthday party, and which I a, don't really celebrate my birthday that often. I'm like, wait a minute! And then literally <laughs> Vince, the entirety of, they showed the clip, all Vince McMahon did was walk out and say, you're a great performer and I've really cared about you. And like, it was so, like, it had to be the last thing in this. It was propaganda, basically. <laughs> yes, it's the last thing in this had to be, Vince McMahon did the same thing that was awesome, too. Although he did it a lot less emotionally and a lot less interestingly and he was honestly angry when mankind's character went long doing this yeah yeah like it's it felt so propagandist to see that part. it was so weird <laughs> so those three things carry those three thoughts in your head as we're reviewing the actual documentary of this that it's supposed to be a documentary about dwayne johnson but it's all supposed to maintain kayfabe but it's all supposed to be advertisement for how awesome vince mcmahon and the wwe are which which is not the third yeah one is which made this I hate to say this, but it made it very uncomfortable to watch the whole thing. Yeah, some parts. Yeah, some parts of it. Like some of it, I was like, "Oh, I don't, I didn't, I wasn't there for that. I didn't see that. That's pretty awesome." But some of it, I'm like, "God, this is uncomfortable on <laughs> on in every level." I like my survival instincts are kicking in here. <laughs> so uh, first, the uh, first note I've got down here is the WWE loves self promotion because they were promoting the fuck out. There was tons of trailers for other WWE like Raw and SmackDown and all that stuff. Yeah, especially for like yeah, they're big wrestlers. Basically. Yeah, at the time. At the time, uh, some... 2012. I don't yeah. know how big they are now. Yeah, some of them I recognize. Some of them like I don't know who the fuck that is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Because uh, I was not in wrestling at that oh, time. Oh, I should also comment, if we sound a little different than our last performance, we're actually recording in an entirely different room, one we've never done before. And I'm hoping the fact that it's a lot smaller will cut down on that echo I've, having, I've been constantly fighting against. I hope any of our listeners, if we ever have any, can forgive that echo, because I know it's annoying, but I really can't do anything about it in the bigger rooms. No. So, 
we're trying out this room. We'll see if it works better or worse, and then we'll move on to another room if this one doesn't. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, second of all, Skrillex. It was a Skrillex song. Uh, I, yeah, I was like, oh my god, I'm transported to college again. <laughs> I was like, what? Oh my god. That was the opening, I think, music was the, the, the Skrillex, Skrillex song. song. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> it blew my fucking mind. To be fair, this is 2012. This would have been when it was fairly oh, popular. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I still... And it was it was the cinema remake remix. That's what it was. I actually used to listen to that song a lot. I kind of want to do it now. <laughs> it's it was so weird. <laughs> oh man. So uh, it turns out, uh, and I did not know this, that he was a gr Megan knew the first part. That he is a grandson. To a famous uh, wrestler, yeah, uh, known as Big uh, Peter Maivia, who used to go by the the pseudonym Big Chief, I believe. Yeah, um, I knew about it because it was around the same time as um, uh, uh, what was his name from Princess Bride. <laughs> Andre the Giant? Yeah, Andre the I'm so bad with names today. Okay, but yeah, it was around the same time of that, is all that stuff. And I, I, I knew about that. But I didn't... I'm, I'm going to screw up this name, and I'm going to try to say it, just because it's, I think it's a little more respectful to at least attempt it. Yeah. His his full name, the grandfather, is Fenene Leafy Pita Maivia, better known as Peter Maivia. Yeah. And uh, his wrestling name was High Chief. High Chief Peter Maivia. Mm -hmm. Okay. I just want to make sure I got that correctly because the man deserves respect. And he was Samoan. And I believe he was the... I know he was the grandfather, as we just mentioned. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's his mother's father or his father's father. I'm guessing... Megan and I both agree his mother looks more like him, so it's probably his mom. Yeah, she looks very Samoan. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so it says his son-in-law was, was Rocky Johnson. This is his yeah. mother's father. Yeah, so, yeah. So he is Samoan on his mother's side. Yeah. But he's black on his father's side. Yeah. All right, so what were you saying about knowing about Peter Maivia? Well, I just happened to recognize it. That's, okay. that's all. It's just like a, a thing that flew around and it was in my head. I'm like, oh, I, I knew that. But you did not know about Rocky Johnson. No, I feel stupid. <laughs> who was his father, yeah. uh, who was a, a black man. And you can, if you look at both their photos, you can definitely see where he gets most of his muscle mass and build. Yeah. Uh, he's, they're, they're both big guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, huh. What? Well, apparently her cousin, well, apparently Dwayne Johnson currently has a cousin wrestling huh. named Nia Jax. Uh, and she is one half of the WWE Women's Tag Team Champion with uh, uh, Shayna Baszler in their record-tying second reign. Can I s see her? No. <laughs> She's also apparently a model. I've never heard of her. Well, I think she came around after us. She's born the same year as me. Oh, so, so it'd be... When I wasn't watching wrestling. She's six feet tall. Damn. So she's a tall woman. Uh, doesn't say when she became active in women. She's nicknamed the Irresistible Force. <laughs> uh, 
Apparently she was injured. It doesn't say when she actually started her wrestling career, but she's been back as of April 2020. Mm. Interesting. I did not know he had more family in wrestling. Yeah. Uh, so Makes anyway. sense. But. Yeah, and if she came into wrestling after the documentary, they wouldn't have mentioned it. Yeah. One thing we should point out is that uh, even though there were plenty of female wrestlers in this era... There isn't a single female wrestler interview. The only women that are in this documentary at all are Dwayne Johnson's mother. She and gets, like an ex-wife. And his, his former wife. It doesn't yeah. say which, I don't know how many ex-wives he might have. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm guessing his first wife. I'm guessing. Um, and I'm not claiming the guy has a lot of ex-wives. I don't know much about Dwayne Johnson's personal life. Considering we've been reviewing him for a year, it's weird we don't know that much more about the guy. But... It's not like it's separating him from his kayfabe character, from his, his acting, movie, his acting from what he has to project. It's all a big mess. It's not worth the effort in most cases, <laughs> I find. Besides, I wanted to go through things up to this point and to, without knowing that much about him. I just yeah, because we him knew as you a, were going to see this movie eventually. Yeah, plus I, I want to be able to evaluate him as an actor without having too much other stuff weigh in on it. It's like, y- um, yeah. As a movie actor. Or TV, I guess. TV and movie, because we did do the Voyager episode. Which we will, of course, be recovering covering again, yet again, on our Voyager podcast, or Star Trek podcast. I'm sure that's one of your top 20s, right? No. <laughs> no. By the way, anyone who's been listening to us say we've been tackling Star Trek online, uh, we've actually finally gotten to the Solani Dyson Sphere and Delta Quadrant <sighs> missions, which, you know... <sighs> <laughs> I know, this isn't the Star Trek podcast. We shouldn't drag people down over just here to hear us talk about Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... But he has, a, he has a father and a grandfather who are both uh, in this. And apparently he went to... He was he a was big kid. Hmm. Uh, went to school. Did football. Did football in Miami. Went to Miami State. Yeah. Which explains probably why he's had a couple of movies. I think Gridiron Gang was set in Florida. And then we know there's that Miami Dade documentary we're going to cover, too, in, yeah. in a while, that is also about Miami. So he apparently Miami is close to his heart. Um, and he did football for a while. Apparently he then got picked after he got drafted to the CFL League, yeah. uh, Canadian Football League, but didn't last very long, apparently. Yeah. And then he went back to his father, and he said, I want to be a professional wrestler. And his father tried to talk him out of it. Yeah. And then his father was like, okay, if you're going to do it, we're doing it hard. And then he, I guess, rented a, a wrestling ring that was actually a boxing ring. Yeah. And he taught him all the tricks, all the moves. He made him bulk the hell out. Yeah. And then they contacted a friend, and I, don't, I didn't write down his name. No. I should have. But he was another wrestling guy. Yeah. That was apparently Rocky Johnson's buddy from back in the day. Yeah. And he said, uh, this is uh, Dwayne Johnson. He goes, who's Dwayne Johnson? Because it's been years since he talked to the guy. He goes, I'm, I'm Rocky's son. Oh, I haven't seen you since you were 12. He goes, well, I would like to be a wrestler. And I was wondering if you can get me a meeting with Vince McMahon. And he goes, oh, okay, sure. Uh, how about we meet up somewhere and we'll talk about it. And apparently he's, they, they met up at a pier. Yeah. And as soon as Dwayne Johnson got out of the car and he saw just how hulking this guy was, he's like, he went to Vince and said, you got to sign this kid right now. <laughs> yeah. The first thing I am going to say, though, is that his original character was not Rock the Rock. His very first performance was the Survivor Series where he played Rocky Maivia. Yeah. Which was a combination of his father's first name and his grandfather's last name. Yeah. Which was nice and... God, his outfit is horrible. I love it. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so stupid. But here's the thing. There's a, literally a line from Vince McMahon where he says, of course he's a good to be a good wrestler. I'll give him a shot. He's, it's in the blood. 
And I'm willing to bet dollars to dimes it was his push to have him be Rocky Maivia. Yeah. Because in the, the announcers, when they're doing that wrestling match, and we'll talk about the specific wrestling match when we get to it, because it is one of the ones on this DVD. Um, but in the wrestling match, they talk a lot. And I do mean a lot. They bring up his father and his grandfather. And I honestly think that it was an, the idea was that the only way this kid's going to get big... Is by name recognition. Is by name recognition. That's why his outfit looks vaguely what Americans would think Hawaiians look like. <laughs> I know. It's, it, it's like he's wearing a grass skirt, but around his shoulders. And it's, it's got blue and white, which I think were his dad's boxer short colors. It's really uh, weird. It was... <laughs> it was weird. It was weird and bad, and thank God that it's it didn't It's got purple it. on it. It, sh- it was just... Mm. Yeah, but because it doesn't seem like that was something that he wanted. Like I think he, I think I think he wouldn't have minded of honoring both his father and grandfather. But like, <laughs> that's the photo I'm going to use. I'm going to use his Rocky Maivia photo. Oh yeah, it's... On, on as a little thing for this. So you're going to see exactly what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's so. It's it's terrible. It's an outfit. It's it's most definitely an outfit. <laughs> it looks so bad, given how cool he looks later in his career, and his hair doesn't. And how cool he is yeah. later on. It really does not. It, it's it's almost hilarious. It, he almost does not look like himself. It's almost hard to believe that's it's, the same it, guy. It, and it's from like what ninety six, which, God, it's so ninety six. <laughs> His bad Pocahontas outfit. (laughs) He looks terrible, but wonderfully terrible. It looks so, like, this is genuinely, I imagine, offensive to Samoan people kind of a design. I think it's generally offensive to him now. Yeah. (laughs) So, anyway, uh, but his Rocky Maivia outfit uh, is, is not very good. No. And it's clear from the way they were describing it, they didn't think that he was going to make it. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think Vince believed this kid would make it without playing on his family yeah, history. They didn't, re- they, didn't, they didn't realize that he had his own charm and charisma. Yeah, because when we get to his actual wrestling career, like apparently, we didn't get to see it in the DVD collection, which is really unfortunate. I would yeah. love to have seen it, but apparently while he was wrestling as Rocky Maivia, there was at least one, episode, one wrestling match where his dad showed up. Yeah. Because there's a scene, really a really quick clip, where his dad's in, in the stage holding him up, up his arm, like yeah. he won. I don't know if he came in and helped him in the ring, or if he was just there watching and then walked in and gave him the thing, but it would have been nice to see it. Yeah, it would have been nice to see that moment. Uh, but in any event, uh, in, in this collection of his greatest hits, which is what this clearly was supposed to be. But it really wasn't. It really wasn't. There's some good moments here. Because in the, in, in the documentary, they mentioned some really great wrestling moments, some of them that I actually remember. Yeah. Some of them I don't, and they don't put them in this movie. No, and this this clip show basically yeah. the, the, the actual doc the actual clips of the, yeah. the wrestling matches, a lot of them aren't there. Yeah, except with the exception of the very it feels incomplete. The only one that's there that's mentioned in the documentary that I know for hundred percent was in both yeah. is his first match, which yeah. it was nice to see. Yeah, but still, it would have been nice to see more of. But yeah, his bro- his father shows up in at least one of them, but at no point, from what I recall, during the Rock, his performance as The Rock's career, was it ever even mentioned that he was the son or grandson? That's why I didn't know it. Yeah. Of two professional wrestlers. Yeah. I did not know that. Me neither. So it, it it he got by better when it was just on him. Yeah. So we find out that um uh so we find out that his first performance was in Madison Square Garden, 
and it was a Survivor Series fight, which again we'll talk about when we get to that actual part of the DVD. Oh but my God! <laughs> he was so much so, to say there. <laughs> he was so happy. He was so happy. Madison Square Garden is an amazing introduction place. Yeah. And it does at least speak, if I can say one positive about Vince, it does at least speak to the fact that he really did believe that this kid could could go somewhere. Could be a hit, yeah. Uh, he was playing on the wrong aspect of Dwayne Johnson at the time, but he did at least believe he had the chops and the look to go for. Mm -hmm. And he also was a nice... Um, it, it also was nice he won the match. And Megan yeah. and I were debating if... We, we know it's it's staged. We know that they, they plan out the big moments. I mean, there's a lot of improv. And again, they can really get hurt. Just yeah. like a tumbler can get hurt or a trapeze artist can get hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't mean, that isn't what it's supposed to happen. When that happens, it's a, it's a mistake. Yeah. It's just that in wrestling, it adds to the realism as opposed to it, you know, scaring the audience when it happens at a circus or Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. Um, but the point I'm getting at here is... Um, the the I was it scripted for such a young brand new wrestler to win that match or did they just decide was it not an important enough match to where they didn't even decide just let him sort it out and if he gets his feet under him we'll write him into the story later but given how they address stuff later and given how the match actually looked I'm guessing it was scripted he was supposed to win it yeah uh, I, I, I'm not trying to knock Dwayne Johnson. I'm sure he actually could have won the wrestling match. He's a big, muscular guy, even then. Yeah. But still, I'm just saying, I think it was supposed to be scripted that this was supposed to be the young, up-and-coming guy. And you could tell, based on the way they staged the, um, and set up the teams, that he was clearly on the good Good yeah. guy side. Yeah, well, he says right up the front he started out as a babyface, which, as we said earlier, is the good guys, the heel is bad guys. Yeah. And kayfabe is the fake reality of this that we have to maintain. Yeah. Uh, they didn't actually like him at the start, apparently. Yeah. As a babyface, they just did not like him. No, they didn't. Uh, which meant he was, uh, he was apparently on this for a while. Which is funny because Stone Cold Steve Austin was originally a bad guy. And anybody who knows the WWF Attitude era of wrestling, yeah. the two big names were Stone Cold Steve Austin and Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. And the two just circled each other constantly. And, and who was the good guy and who was the bad guy? Kept apparently. changing. It, kept like changing. I said, Stone Cold Steve Austin wanted to be a heel. He loved playing into that. But yeah. he had such a down-home, from the from the neighborhood, I'm, I'm going to get out my truck and plow my own damn field, fuck the government kind of personality, and it was exactly the right time for that, Yeah. that, that they wouldn't let him. Like, he was basically forced. He was like Vegeta. <laughs> he was forced into being an anti-hero. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and uh, apparently Dwayne Johnson was a genuinely good guy, and then he went bad. Yeah. And while around the same time, Steve Austin went good. So. Which was almost unheard of, from what I'm aware. I don't yeah. know if they switched sides a lot back in the day before the Wrestling Federation became a huge conglomerate, but yeah. I do know this was a relatively unknown thing at the time. Yeah. Um. It Usually feels, you picked your side and you stuck with it. Yeah, it feels like in the 90s they decided to start switching scripts up and stuff, you know? Yeah, they they realized that redemption arcs are just as good as <laughs> hero and villain arcs. Well, not only that, yeah. uh, the, with, with Vince McMahon buying up all the conglomerates yeah, and basically forcing everything else to either be his or WCW's, yeah. they didn't. when you were younger, a, a quick history lesson, way back in the day, uh, these kinds of wrestling matches were all regional. 
Yeah. There was like the North Atlantic region. There was there the was, South Atlantic region. There was Midwestern. There was state by state. There yeah. was. Uh, it was just a bunch of different wrestling associations. Which for anyone out there who and loves. And now there's. In America, now there's like two. At most. At most. Uh, and for anyone out there who loves capitalism and says that, you know. Um, it creates innovation. Well, it creates innovation and, and it has to have like competition. <laughs> This would be the thing that doesn't, is that it, it conglomerates together eventually, which is what happens with any big business. Which is what happens with any big business. And no, I'm not a, a communist, but I do think that unregulated capitalism is a bad idea on pretty much every level. So when it was divided up, when there was a, a big conglomerate, when there was a bunch of them regional, uh, you could tune in to different regions and watch what you liked. I mean, most of it was local, yeah. but you there were a couple of cable access things you could check into. Yeah. And that meant you didn't have to be limited by one or two storylines. If you got tired of the heroes and villains over here, you could go look at the heroes and villains gimmicks in... If you were tired of the North Atlantic heroes and villains, you could tune into the South Atlantic heroes and villains, or the Midwestern heroes and villains. Yeah. But when they started conglomerating under Vince McMahon and the WCW, they came to the problem of, well, if we're only going to have... One, one big company, what are we going to do when they get bored with the same good guys versus the same bad guys? So they came up with the idea of, well, let's just keep jumping them back and forth. And for a while, that worked. But I know after the Attitude series, it just got annoying. Because you know, yeah. like, it's hard to maintain a love for a character if they keep going bad. Yeah. How Dwayne Johnson went bad, and I do not know the story of the Nation of, the Dom of Domination. I do not know their story, and they are not interviewed at all in no, this documentary. No, which is to the detriment of this docu documentary. I say that with quotations, yeah. because this is not Docu-movie. Really, <laughs> it's not really a documentary in this... In, in Docuganda? <laughs> yeah, basically. Documentary slash propaganda? Yeah. Mm. I mean, to be fair, apparently documentaries don't even have to tell you a the truth. documentary. That's what this is. Propaganda documentary. Propaganda. You can't even say the word no, no, you no, no, just no. made up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm tagging that. Propaganda. <laughs> I'm sure there's actually already a word for I'm it. I'm sure too. there is. This has been done a thousand times. <laughs> but in any event, uh, what, I, what I was getting at yeah. is that um, I don't know the nation of domination. None of the members are interviewed in this, especially not the big guy who was, I don't even remember his name. Yeah. Uh, he's not interviewed in this. None of the wrestling matches during that critical era when he was going to become a bad guy were shown. Were shown, which shocked me. I thought those were going to be the next ones to show because they first show. I was expecting this is this is what I was expecting. I was going to show. I, I was expecting them to show the first match, which they did do, and then I thought I was expecting the second one to be one of those matches, mm -hmm. showing him being a bad guy for the first time. And it's Farouk was the name of their league. Yeah, and they fucking passed that shit. They went yeah, they nah. right past. <laughs> they it. went. Two years ahead to when he was definitely a bad guy, it but... Was, well, the Nation of Domination, apparently, according to Wikipedia, uh, existed from November 17, 1996 to November 28, 1998. Yeah. They skipped over that entire era. Yeah, they did. They skipped over those two years. Now, I don't know if the Nation of Domination, because it seems to be made up uh, exclusively of minority actors. Uh, the other, All of them appear to be black. Yeah. I don't know enough about them to clarify that, but given that's what it appears mm -hmm. and i don't know if it was supposed to be kind of a black power thing or if they were meant to be more of a gang allegory i don't know what i'm getting at is i'm not sure that the nation of domination was itself a bad guy faction or a good guy faction i don't know yeah 
But I do know, based on the documentary, that Dwayne Johnson started climbing the ranks, playing as a bad guy to the Nation of Domination, specifically to like their leader, like he was replacing them. Yeah. And Which is a storyline we'll see in a bunch of other wrestling things, but... Yeah, yeah. and it was, it was kind of weird, because apparently uh, when he joined the Nation of Domination, he said he'd love to do it, but only if he was allowed... But he begged them to give him 30 seconds on the mic to say whatever he wanted. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, they... Well, fortunately for him, but perhaps unfortunately for the Nation of Domination in the story... They agreed to that. And he bowled them over. Yeah, he bowled them over. He gave a bow. He started doing what we would later realize is just straight up rockisms, where he's just, you know. Making shit up as he goes along. Making shit up and doing it brilliantly. Yeah. And portraying it with tons of confidence. And it immediately drew the, the audience's eye to him. And then the storyline, from what, what little we get to see of it in the documentary part, uh, he is his storyline was him slowly replacing Farouk as the leader of the Nation of Domination. And then I guess just left it yeah and the group just fell apart yeah uh which again i don't know enough about i did not watch wrestling in that era so i cannot say one way or the other what the storylines were beyond what i saw in the documentary yeah i can't really i can't really say either but i can say that the guy who played farouk did not do an interview on this yeah and they didn't show any of his inter- any of the wrestling matches in that era, so I don't know if it was... I don't know... What, what I'm getting at is it is all scripted. Yeah. But I don't know if the script called for Dwayne Johnson to become the charismatic leader of the Nation of Domination and ultimately leave it, or if the Nation of Domination was supposed to be a much bigger storyline, but Dwayne Johnson was just so naturally charismatic... That he broke away from it and it fell apart, so... Basically, or, or Vince McMahon saw how much the audience was drifting towards him and said, we'll just drop the Nation of Domination stuff and take take uh, Dwayne Johnson just by himself. Just take him off. <laughs> and that would have screwed over Farouk's wrestling plans. Yeah. Or, and like I said, if it was an allegory for like the Black Panthers or something like that, it might have actually meant something to the guys who were doing it in some other fashion. I don't know. We don't know. Because and I'm not we going to claim there. one way or the other, and I didn't watch it. And I We're not going to watch... It, it's it's good. This sounds awful, but we're not going to watch thirty plus years of wrestling <laughs> to get context for this. It's just not. It, it's just not. I, I don't have that ability. We don't have that much free time. Even if we did, honestly, I wrestling, have a full time job. There's a reason why I don't want. I don't watch wrestling anymore. It's not that it's not still good and not still fun, and that and now knowing that Mia Jax is a thing, I actually kind of want to see what she does in the ring, but. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, I there's only so much time you can devote to wrestling and still enjoy it. And 30 plus years. That's one of the reasons I was looking forward to the wrestling matches in this. I'm like, oh, cool, we can get a selection of And even then, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I, this is something that happens when I, when I watch stuff for a long time. I was getting bored. By the end of it, yeah. By the end of it, I was bored. And well, that, the end of it was basically speeches, so that's yeah, why. Yeah, but, like, even before that, I was starting to get bored. Because, mm-hmm. like... It, it, I went to, like, this This sounds off topic, but it, it relates. I went to a racing track before, and it was fun at first, but then after a while, I got kind of bored. Yeah. That's what happened here. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. what's, that's what happens with me. I get well, bored after a while. That's actually one of the reasons I'm disappointed <laughs> in this collection, because yeah. it would have been nice to... Although there are some that are clearly... There's some big. that I enjoyed. There, like, there's one with Steve Austin, two with McFoley, yeah. one with The Undertaker, yeah. and his first one. All of those were pretty good. Yeah. And I genuinely enjoyed all of those. Uh, but there were also several others that 
didn't really mean anything, and I and none of and a lot of the big moments I was looking forward to seeing were not in this. No, they so like I, mentioned this one match, and I'm like, oh, that's gonna be awesome to see, and then it's like, oh, it's not here. <laughs> yeah, they did the sequel to a match that we were really looking forward to, the the rematch of those two, and I'm like, wait, why didn't we get to see the original? Yeah, that's the one they were praising. That's the one that we're like, it's a great match, one of the greatest of all Hulk time. Hulk Hogan, that was yeah, it. the yeah. first Hulk Hogan pair off. I was just hoping not to have to say his name. <laughs> we're gonna have to eventually anyway. There is a, that rematch with him. But most of the other ones, like, for for six-plus hours of wrestling, I would say only about four or five matches were actually interesting. And the first one was only interesting because it was it looked so weird to see such a young Dwayne Johnson. That, and it also was, like, you could see the transformation of wrestling from there to, to, what, it, from to the, what it became. But let's continue. Uh, it was like I, a timeline. <laughs> it was. It was really interesting. Uh, one thing we should comment on is that the WWF logo is blurred throughout this. Yeah. Which is really weird because <laughs> they don't longer own the rights to WWF as of the time this came out. That's why it's called WWE now. Yeah, it's because the WWF is actually a uh, animal or, um, animal charity. I used to donate to it a long time ago. <laughs> okay. But so, I'm just saying it's And really, they sued the shit out of them. <laughs> but it's weird because it's not... Like, even in the old video clips, they have to blur WWF. And it doesn't even... It isn't even like... Um, like, even people's shirts or signs they were holding up that said WWF, they have to blur it. Yeah, they have it's to so, blur it out. It's hilarious. <laughs> uh, Mick Foley is awesome. Yeah. That lives. He was easily one of my favorite parts of this whole entire DVD set. It was, it was really nice to see him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so, yeah, th this is around the time when The Rock versus Stone Cold became a, a thing uh, at, at this point in his career. Like I said, we're, we're jumping further, but I'm just going by what I remember. Because oh, we should also clarify, the documentary part, the, the propaganda documentary part, we actually watched two days ago. Yeah. And the wrestling we all watched last night, yeah. yesterday. It took all day. That That's because... The documentary is two hours, and then the wrestling was like six plus. Six plus, so it was a long investment. Yeah, so I'm just saying, so we might be blurry on some of the details yeah. here and there. It's too bad if I know if I, I kind of wish we had watched them and we could have watched them in reverse. Yeah, the wrestling first, and then the, then documentary. the documentary because the documentary was the more interesting part, and there was yeah. a lot of boring stuff in the documentary, but in, in the wrestling yeah. clips. But anyway. So the, the Stone Cold versus The Rock thing became huge right around now. It's when the rivalry of the... Dwayne Johnson at this point was full-on in his Elvis impersonation era. Yeah. He was dressing in leather jackets and his guitar, and Stone Cold was the... the so he had an air of someone who came from money and was all... Yeah, you know, he was the corporate hero. Yeah, but, well, that's when... Yeah, because yeah. it went good guy... Nation of Domination, bad guy, corporate, the... Good guy. Good guy to the people's champion, then corporate, bad guy, yeah. corporate champion. Yeah. Then back to good guy. It's so weird. It was so much. It's one of those things that when you're watching it week to week, you're completely behind on, but when you watch it, like, in snippets in this documentary, you're like, wow, that's confusing as hell. How do you keep <laughs> all that shit straight? Yeah. <laughs> But Foley is really awesome, because it started out that Mick Foley, who played Mankind, yeah. and several other characters, but Mankind is probably his most famous, Yeah, uh, he had a rivalry with Dwayne Johnson early on, and then later they teamed up, <laughs> and they he was like the abusive boyfriend to Mick Foley, which is really hilarious. <laughs> He's like, you're my best friend. He's like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Bye. And then, uh... <laughs> 
And then uh, apparently, uh, as we mentioned earlier, uh, Mick Foley in one of the episodes threw a mat. He brought like balloons to, mm, to bring Johnson. It was great. It was a, a massive birthday And then like. He had like interviews and like people who played people that Rock used to know. Like, mm. Rock, here is your life. Here's your third grade teacher. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> like, I found your random teacher. And, yeah. and apparently Vince McMahon was pissed about it but he couldn't say shit because they got massive ratings for yeah, the it. The number of people who watched apparently topped eight million. Yeah. And which the at the time Yeah, the combined audience this is during WCW's height. Mm -hmm. The combined audience of WCW and WWF at the time, which is what it was still called back then I believe. Yeah. Would have only been somewhere around six million. So the and this is before Twitter or the internet was a huge thing. So everybody so, was like, "Hey, yeah, you gotta tune in and watch this." So they ran long, but they had huge numbers. Yeah. So like, Mick Foley's Mick Foley's the most honest person in this documentary. Yeah, he he's honestly like, he's straight up like, "Yeah, Vince was so goddamn pissed because we ran long. He was so angry. Apparently, he was like spitting." And then he cut to Vince. He goes. I remember being a little upset, but, you know... And you're like, shut the, the fuck up. <laughs> God, fuck Vince McMahon. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, so, uh, they have a, a... Right around this time is when Stone Cold Steve Austin had his famous neck injury, so yeah. he switched his rivalry to Triple H, who was, at the time, I believe, first at first dating China, and then eventually married Stephanie McMahon. Yeah. At least that was the story in the kayfabe. I don't know how they were behind the scenes. By the way, I miss China. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she was she was awesome and beautiful and amazing and uh, sad. The world got a little less pretty when she was gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, plus, she could have like bent me like a pretzel without even trying. So, props to that woman. <laughs> um, and that wasn't a sexual reference, by the way. I was referring to her muscle mass. <laughs> 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 I just want to clarify. I did think she was beautiful. I did remember having a bit of a crush on her, but that was not what that was a reference to. I just meant she was a muscular woman. She would have made a great, great Wonder Woman. Yeah. No offense to Gal Gadot, because she bulked up as much as she could for the role. And I do think overall she's a good actress. But I, I China would have been a spot-on Diana Prince, <laughs> physically, at yeah. least. Um, and she did do a couple of... She tried her hand at acting. I think she was uh, Harry's girlfriend in Third Rock from the Sun for like a season and a half. Yeah. I I, I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, they do a couple of clips. Uh, this is around when, at this point in the story, after the Triple H rivalry is when uh, they went back to... Uh, is when he started doing his acting. Yeah. So we have a quick couple snippets of things of... The Voyager episode we reviewed gets a quick cameo. Oh, uh, yeah. Funny. Scorpion King is definitely featured. Uh, yeah, I, I just thought it was funny that the Voyager cameo was in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then came the reference to the SNL appearances because. Oh! Hang on, because apparently that was the thing everybody agreed he really knocked it out of the park it's on. And I great. never saw this, so I'm going to hand it over to Megan. Okay, I can't really describe it, though. That's the thing. I'm bad at that. It's just like, okay, there's this one, my favorite part. It's where he plays Superman, and it is so fucking funny, because everybody is, they're at the Daily Planet, right? And everybody there is like, they he does know we know he's Superman, right? No, apparently he doesn't. He's such an idiot. <laughs> Shit. And, like, Dwayne walks in, and his suit is, he's wearing a normal suit and glasses, but he's also, his Superman suit sticking out, and he's like, oh, hi, guys. How are you doing? 
and now he's going to play Black Adam. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. By the way, since the last time we watched, we did our podcast, and now we've actually watched Shazam, and we both loved it. It was great. It was a great movie. I'd recommend it. That and Birds of Prey. We finally got to watch those it. two. Those are really good movies. Um, <laughs> the Snyder Cut has also come out, but we haven't seen that. But the not that I, either of us are really that excited too. Even if it's not that bad, I'm not. But I just think it's funny that he his SNL was him playing Superman, and yeah. now, and now he wants. Here's the thing. Uh, Dwayne Johnson recently came out apparently and said he wants the Snyderverse to come back specifically because he's big fans with Henry Cavill yeah. and wants a chance to beat Henry Cavill up as Superman. So he went from playing Superman in SNL to wanting to beat the shit out of Superman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really need to show. If I could find it, I gotta show it to you. It's so funny. <laughs> I got so tired of everybody kissing Vince McMahon's ass in this documentary. It's about Dwayne Johnson. For I, fuck's I sake. wanted him to be crucified, but I mean that would. That would make him a martyr, and he's not a martyr in any way. Well, also, it just they, a lot of these guys were still wrestling. Yeah, they, they, they needed they, their, would come back. they needed money in their careers. They would, or they would be coming back in the future. Yeah, uh, Dwayne Johnson specifically. This was, as we mentioned, meant to reintroduce him to the audience because it had been seven plus years when he showed up at WrestleMania the previous year, and then he yeah. hadn't apparently wrestled normally during that year. He showed up to host WrestleMania twenty seven. Yeah. Then he was probably referenced a couple of times throughout the year, but I don't think he actually wrestled or anything like that. Yeah. And then he came back to do WrestleMania 28. Yeah. And this was meant to reintroduce the audience. So Dwayne Johnson in particular has to kiss Vince McMahon's butt. Because, and this is, I guess, a good time to segue into this. We're not quite done with the documentary yet, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. Yeah. I actually think we owe The Rock's continuing movie career to Fast and Furious 5. Yeah. Because up to this point, because he would have filmed Fast Five, Faster, and probably the couple of movies that came after this, like Snitch and Empire State, before he did WrestleMania 28. Because they obviously yeah, got yeah. editing, you got special effects, all that post-credits, yeah. Second unit shooting. But, pretty much none of the movie, when he signed the contract to do WrestleMania 27, and we'll talk about his reappearance on WrestleMania 27, because the last thing on this DVD, and it's actually pretty... It's good to see how much how good he still is at it. Yeah. At holding a crowd like that. When he went to WrestleMania 27, I'm guessing he's like, the movie career isn't really going that far. Because all the movies he made, like, the ones we like... Were either, failures. Well, the ones we like were either financially not that successful, like The Rundown and Planet 51, or he was barely in, like, You Again. Yeah. Doom was probably the biggest movie he had been in at the time of this and around now. It's and hated. It's hated by the fan base. I'm sure he's gotten tons of bad hate mail about Even it. Even he makes fun of it in this doc in, in his wrestling yeah. thing. Um Scorpion King was a fairly big success, which I'm sure got him really excited, but let's be honest, it's dumb fun. It's, it really is dumb. It's it's a it's a dumb slightly more slightly more Boobs and muscle version of Hercules, the legendary journeys. That's, that's basically yeah. what that is. Male Xena warrior princess. <laughs> it's, it's basically midway between Hercules, legendary journeys, and Game of Thrones, like right in the middle of that when it comes to presentation. Yeah. Um, and it's not terrible. It's gotten four sequels, none of them it, starring Dwayne Johnson, but still, four yeah, sequels. It, it's a fun movie. It's just not. It's, it's your basic uh, sword and sorcery movie from the 80s done in the 2000s. Uh, it's, 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 Basically. it's a Conan the Barbarian ripoff 20 years after those would have been popular. Yeah. That's what that is. Yeah. And it's not terrible at it, uh, and he's not bad at it, and but it's not the greatest movie ever. And I both, wouldn't say it was lost high art. <laughs> no, we both agree that the version they should have released was the one with all the prophecy stuff in it, because that would have been much more interesting. Yeah. Um, 
So, but those movies didn't do all that well. And his career wasn't really taking off. And even though he had made movies like Faster, which was amazing and would have been out by this point, nobody went and saw it. <laughs> we think it's great. Yeah. But it, nobody went and saw it. No. His action movie career had not taken off the way he was hoping it would. No. Yet, when he went back to WrestleMania 27, immediately back into The Rock's character, immediately had that audience screaming for him. So I think he was seriously considering, and we'll talk about how many times he says The Rock is back and he's staying. Yeah. Uh, I this. cringed every time. Yeah. <laughs> I went, oof. <laughs> Big oof. <laughs> he says, he's, I'm coming back because this is my home and this is where I belong. And I'm like, no, you're not going to stay there, pal. And I, I think, honestly, but I think he was honestly considering it at the time. Yeah. And then Fast and Furious 5, which would have come out mo just, like, months before this, yeah. was not only a huge financial success, everybody admits that's a lot of fun as a stupid action movie. Yeah. And it's, a, it's amazing. <laughs> it's an amazingly over-the-top film. It's exactly the kind of over-the-top you want from an American movie. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's got everything. And, and it launched what would be considered like the second half of the, the Fast and Furious movies, which is, you know, everybody says five is where the show movies really start getting good. Yeah. Um, and it also launches basically the second half of his movie career. Yeah. So the, the reason I bring this up is I honestly think we owe Fast Five for Dwayne Johnson going, okay, so there is something to my movie career. Let's yeah. stick with that. Because he says it's so much in this that he's going to stick around, and he loves it here. Yeah. He's Ugh. like, I did the Hollywood thing, I'm done, and I'm like, sure, buddy, or else we wouldn't be doing this right now. Which, this is around the time in the story, uh, in the documentary, when he starts his movie career. <laughs> and then The Rock started doing what he called rock concerts, which were, he would go to a, okay, the fans started hating him for not being there as often, which I wasn't watching wrestling at this point, but I do remember fan, friends of mine who were wrestling fans commenting on that. Either pick movies or pick wrestling. Quit jumping back and forth. Which, Well, it, it was interfering with their love. I think what the problem was is, is that it was, in their minds, interfering with the story of the, the wrestling. Because yeah, they the, kept having to write him out. Story they kept having to write him out. And it damaged kayfabe. Because yeah. he doesn't act anything like... The Rock, the Rock when, when he's, he's doing, doing interviews for his movies. Yeah, it's a different thing. So I think the people who really wanted to invest in kayfabe, who really wanted to believe in the suspension of disbelief of wrestling, were like, well, then why isn't he talking in the third person about being The Rock if he's out there doing it? Because you know? when he's doing his movies, he's Dwayne Johnson. When he's doing his wrestling, he's... He literally says that in the comment in this thing, that he did not want to trade on his wrestling for his movie career. He wanted to be respected as, a, as, as a, an action star... Yeah. As Dwayne Johnson. Not, not as, as The, the Rock. Rock, yeah. I, now, as we mentioned early on, he does use The Rock name quite a bit yeah. in his credits, but I think that might just be cross-promotion. Yeah. But he started doing rock concerts, which is where he would go to a city, and then he would sing a song about how shitty that city was because nobody there liked him. Yeah. Which is kind of funny, I will admit. Like, we laughed at the insults, even though they were straight-up trolling. Yeah. <laughs> Trolling isn't nearly as... WWF Attitude Era isn't nearly as much fun in a post-Trump era of... No, it's uh, not nearly it's as fun to, as it, it was when it came out. In an era where everybody's trolling and, you know, there's still people spending millions of dollars on investigations into the Biden... How Biden stole the election when there's no evidence and all that stuff. Yeah. It's really hard to enjoy that level of in-your-face trolling attitude as much as I did in the 90s and early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, also, what's hard to enjoy is that this is around the time that Hulk Hogan came back to the wrestling. Uh, 
just so we're clear, this documentary came out in 2012. The, the recordings of Hulk Hogan that got him fired surfaced in 2015 or 16, yeah. I think. So they wouldn't have, it wouldn't have they been wouldn't widely have known. known. However, the recordings were of him talking. For those of you who don't know, Hulk Hogan was caught record, on a recording referring to his being upset that his daughter was dating a black man and referring to him using the N-word a lot. Yeah. And that's what ultimately got him fired when that surfaced. However, those recordings are from 2007. Yeah. So it was before this documentary that it happened, but after this documentary is when it came out. Although I'm willing to bet dollars and dimes, Vince McMahon at least suspected but didn't care. Yeah. Because Hulk Hogan was money. a huge name at the time. It's just really weird to see Dwayne Johnson, whose dad is black, praising Hulk Hogan as all the other wrestlers too, knowing what it would come out about him in a few Not years. only that, but like... In their wrestling match, clearly, he's the the Rock is the bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> at least the one we see. But we'll explain that later. Yeah, we'll, when we get to the action, because mm. there's a couple of moments that are really uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was WrestleMania 20, I believe, was the big wrestling match between Hulk Hogan and Dwayne Johnson. Uh, then he left. Shortly after, that's when he fully committed to movies. Yeah, for about seven. For about seven years, because he said he said in twenty twenty seventh, there's been seven long years since I've been here. Yeah. So it was twenty around after WrestleMania twenty, which was the Hulk Hogan wrestling match, and then I guess the rematch we got to watch later. Yeah. He pretty much left wrestling. Yeah. Uh, the only time he came back was when he inducted his dad and granddad into the Hall Wrestling Hall of Fame. Yeah. Which was nice. His father was at the time still alive. I don't know if he's since passed away. Then uh, he says, never going away. And, of course, this ends with Vince looking good. He said, because he re this is around the time when he's like, I'm back after seven long years. And then in the present, he's like, I'm and home. I'm, I'm home and I'm never going away. And then, of course, it ends with Vince's. Uh, uh, and as we know, eight years, nine years later. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, it's been that long. I know. And then uh, <laughs> uh, he says, I'm never going away, and then of course it ends with, as I mentioned earlier, Vince McMahon looking good. Oh, I did a birthday thing too for him, because I really respect and like him, and bullshit. You fucking bitch. And then, oh god, the song was the last thing I wrote. I think it was the closing credits song. You remember what it was? It was like, emotional and really weird as a choice. <laughs> oh, uh... No, I can't remember it. It was like, I, I think it was, this, the closing credits song was like, um... Uh, oh, I'm coming home. Yes. Oh, the, oh yeah. It was like, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That P Diddy song with the Skyler, I think, is the name of the singer. Oh my. So that's it for this documentary part of this, and we'll talk about the wrestling in a minute. But I do have to ask. What do you think of, is there anything of the documentary part that I did not mention? Because the, the rest is going to be really quick, because we're just going to touch on a couple of things in each match. Um, do you, is there anything of the documentary part of this that you that I did not bring up that you wish I had? Or is there anything that you, would you recommend just the documentary part by itself? Not, not I really wouldn't recommend this. It's, it's not that good. I mean, okay. it's, it, it. it I know there's not a lot of documentaries about The Rock. I'll give you that, but like it's it's so bogged down by what it is, which is as you said an advertisement. And I mean, it's nice to see interviews from one of his old friends. His dad, I think, had a couple of moments on here. Yeah, his dad and his mom. Yeah, his dad, nice. his mom, uh, his ex-wife, and like a friend of his that we 
that we saw a couple times. Yeah, it was his rest from his football days. Yeah, from his football days, and like you see Triple H and uh, Mick Foley. So yeah, and that's John Cena was on here a couple times. Yeah, that's cool. Which this would have been the height of John Cena's. Yeah, this era. is when. Yeah, this was John Cena era. His he he's actually starting to wind down now. Yeah, apparently they're pushing a guy named Roman Reigns really hard. Uh, he's going bad guy. Yeah, I know, but he, like, I, yeah. <laughs> when I looked up like the 2K20 wrestling game and the 2K21, he's on the cover box for both. So it's yeah. like they're pushing him hard. Good guy or bad guy, they want Roman Reigns to be a thing. Yeah. And I don't know if he is. I don't know if the fans love him or hate him. I know he wasn't working as a hero. I'd have to ask my boyfriend. He's the one that still watches that every uh, week. But I do know that <laughs> Roman Reigns is, is something they're trying to make a thing in wrestling. And mm-hmm. props to them, okay? He looks cool. I'll give him that much. He's just kind of lame. But um, from what I know, he's just kind of lame. I will say this. Being a wrestler has got to be one of the most interesting and horrible careers ever. I say that... Oh, here's what we mentioned. We say that the best job in wrestling in the oh, WWE yeah. is the fucking referee. Because they are useless. Yeah, the only time I've ever used, and we, I was going to bring it up it's, during the actual matches, but I'll mention it now because you brought it up. Yeah. The only times that they're of any use in the story is when they're doing the taps mm-hmm. out. Or when one of the, one of the guys is in a, in, a, in a hold, and then the guy he's in the hold with drags himself to the, to the, the, uh, the ropes, rope. yeah. grabs him because that means it's an illegal hold and he has to... Technically, the rule is if the guy doing the hold is using the ropes to help with the hold, it's illegal. Yeah. But they've since come to say, well, that means anybody who grabs the ropes, they have to break it up. So it doesn't matter. Like, you do the, the hold, and then yeah. he drags it up the ropes, and then the, the ref and comes over you got to break it up. Also, and that's it. That's the only time it's ever useful oh, as a ref. Uh, like, every once in a while, the referee will get tossed around, but overall, mm-hmm. overall... They're useless. Security oh. officers, too. They're oh. completely useless. Yeah. The, the the fake ones they put by the ring. Yeah. The real ones are in the audience, making sure nobody attacks the wrestlers when they throw each other into the audience. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. Those guys are doing their job. I speak as a security officer on this. Yeah. But the guys who are by the front, like, there's one where, one of these things where Goldberg, Goldberg, the big guy with the bald head who was chasing him in his handsome car, you thought there was going to be a car chase? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he has, yeah. like, a boatload of fake security. Like, security, come here and stop him from coming up. He just bowls right through him and then throws them all around the ring. Yeah. Those guys are just pointless because they, they, they walk out whenever they feel like it. No one yeah. ever stops the wrestlers before their music is announced. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, and there's another thing. It's so, it's so they also have that really bad cliche where the referee's got his back turned, so somebody comes in and does an illegal hit yeah. and shit. That's, that's basically it. <laughs> it's triply funny because we know there's a giant screen on that side of the thing showing so what's happening. So you know he can see that. Yeah. We know he can see that, but he's pretending yeah. that he cannot see it. And I'm like, that is the dream job right there. Don't be a wrestler. Be a referee. <laughs> But I gotta say, what I was gonna say is being a wrestler has gotta be simultaneously amazing yeah. and horrifying. Because it's one of those careers that unless you manage to make it as a movie star from wrestling, which happens very rarely, Rock is really the only one that's achieved any real notoriety doing it. Yeah. Your career, you're gonna do that until you die. And yeah. you're probably gonna die young. I mean, we both lament Rowdy Roddy Piper having to go back to wrestling. Yeah. Because 
he tried his hand at movies, and They Live, which he was in, is one of the best movies ever made. It's Agatha great. Loves him. It's loves fucking him. great. I showed it to her like what a year ago or so, yeah, and yeah. you've since adopted that as one of your favorite films. It's really good. So I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just yeah. saying I. It's sad. Like that and Hell Came to Frogtown, which is just a terrible movie. <laughs> Or the, Sounds uh, like a terrible it's, movie. It's a so bad it's good movie. A lot of people put it up there with like the room. Are <laughs> um, the only movies that achieved any notoriety starting Rowdy 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 Roddy Piper? Yeah. And as we both as we both know, he went back to wrestling shortly. And that fucking killed him. Yeah, he died. He died several years ago, like over a decade ago at this yeah, point. And it's yeah. sad because he seemed like a decent enough guy, from what I can tell. Not everyone is Hulk Hogan. No. <laughs> and you know, so you literally your career is. You're riding high. You're riding that high of audience love when you're in the ring, or even audience hate, because you know there are people that are screaming hate at you. But you can ride that high. Yeah. And being a household name, and all what an incredibly heady drink that you know that ego boost must be. And then your body starts to betray you. It starts to hurt, and you try to move on to something else. And not only do you have to live with that incredible crash of no longer having that constant love thrown your way. Yeah. But People start turning on you. They forget about you. They don't buy your products as much anymore, so you don't feel as important. And then they don't have proper retirement plans. And then your your movie career probably isn't going to go much of anywhere. And of course, you want to live the lifestyle of a rock star because why not? Yeah. And and then you know, five years after you've walked away, you have to walk back because it's the only people that will hire you. Yeah. You're too famous for anything else. You can't just be a move, a professor or something. They're gonna, you're gonna be charged way too much money, <laughs> and no one's gonna take you seriously at any <laughs> other job. So you either make it as a movie star or you don't. You yeah. you die basically as a wrestler, and it's really sad. <laughs> or you cripple yourself so much you can't do either. Yeah. It's a it's a really sad, but it must be it must be one of those amazing careers to have while you're. 20 to 30. Your and, peak. <laughs> yeah, at your peak. Like, I can imagine Dwayne Johnson during the bulk of his, his WWF Attitude Era must have felt like the biggest person in the universe. Mm. Like the, and not to say he's egotistical, I'm just saying it must have felt like an amazing drug to have people, to literally have millions and millions of fans. Like, yeah. I knew who Dwayne, I knew The Rock before and after I watched wrestling that's, yeah yeah that's how big he was in culture for a while yeah so that's that's huge but as far as this documentary is concerned no i would actually not recommend the documentary part no. the stuff in the first part about everything pre pre him actually them talking about his wrestling career was interesting yeah but it's only about 10 minutes and then the rest it of doesn't it is, last long <laughs> the rest and, and some of the mcfoley stuff is good and i yeah. do like his interviews in particular yeah but most of it is straight up kayfabe or promoting wwe as an amazing place like we're all family we all love each other and i'm sure that's true for most of the wrestlers but vince mcmahon can suck it yeah seeing (laughs) seeing his face over and over again just angered me either vince mcmahon does not view his wrestlers as family and because of how he treats them, how he just abandons them to their, their the problems their bodies develop. Oh no, the problem. Or he treats his own family horribly. This That's is, just the only two. This options. is how it is. Okay, so I, somebody's pointed this out. It's like if you're ever looking for a job and they list that, oh, they treat their employees like family. That is a red flag. <laughs> and that's what Vince McMahon is. It is a red flag. So, like, he, he's basically those 
restaurants or whatever that are like, oh, we treat our employees like family, which means we expect you to do shit for no fucking compensation. They tend to expo- they treat their they exploit, they exploit you. their families. They, they exploit, exploit them like the families. shit out of you. But they don't treat them like family no. in the sense that they give a shit about them. It's exploitation to the, the max. Yeah, they treat them like how an asshole businessman treats family. Yeah. They don't treat them the way the Fast and Furious crew treats the people they call family. No. Which is going to the ends of the earth to help each other. No, no. So, fuck Vince McMahon, and I don't know if his kids are as bad as him. I know uh, Stephanie and Sean... Both were part of the WWF Attitude era of wrestling. Yeah, they were part of the storyline. Apparently Triple H and uh, uh, Stephanie have gone back to wrestling, and they're currently doing a thing called The Authority, which is the two of them basically running the company the way Vince would. I don't know if this is supposed to be Vince's... I don't know if Vince has gotten so old he just can't wrestle anymore. He can't even be in, in the performances anymore. Yeah. And as a result, he's basically passed that baton to his daughter in Triple H that they'll act like the horrible Bosses. <laughs> or if they're doing that, I don't know them. I don't know them well, so I can't say. We don't know anybody. <laughs> no, <laughs> we, I don't know we, anybody we're not, wrestling. We're not exactly close with the wrestling bras. <laughs> I did enter that Omaze uh, competition to win a chance to meet The Undertaker and go to a wrestling match with him. That would be awesome. But I lost. Oh. Some guy in Rochester won, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's sad, because you also would have gotten your own... Uh, 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 theme. He was going to help you design your own entry theme, <laughs> which would have been fun as hell, and I would have downloaded the MP3 and used it on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. But, um, as is. Sadly. And it would have been nice. It would have been funny as hell if one of them was like, God damn, you're huge. You want to actually do this? <laughs> like, no. My body couldn't take it. <laughs> you got weak ankles. <laughs> yes. Next up is... Uh, the actual wrestling matches. Yeah. These are going to be real quick. We're just going to talk about a couple of moments yeah. that I wrote down as interesting. Uh, yeah. The first is Survivor Series from 96. His, his Very debut. first match mm-hmm. in Madison Square Garden. Yep. It uh, was so weird to see how long it took before anybody hit each other. Yeah. They, <laughs> they, they just stood there. Like, okay. They were just stood there well, and first, tapping first each all, other. Yeah, first of all, we should start at the beginning. It was real. Okay, it's three on three, I believe. And the three on one side were Crusher... It was crush. like it was no, crush. No, it was four on three, and then it was four on four. Okay, it's whatever. Weird. I'm trying to get the name straight. I don't know. Uh, it was Crush, I believe. Yeah, that was the guy with the face tattoo. Yeah, Crush. Gold Dust. Yeah. Triple H before he was Triple H. Yeah, when he was just Hunter. And do you remember the fourth guy? On the bad guy's side. No. <laughs> well, okay. The gr- oh, King. King, King, yes. King. And we'll talk about King in a bit. Yeah. Uh, and then on the bad guy's side, or the good guy's side, that was the bad guy's team. The good yeah. guy's team were Wild Man, and we'll talk about him in a second. Yeah. Uh, Jake the Snake, who was the surprise. The surprise! And got that poor snake. That poor uh, snake. <laughs> uh, uh, Rocky Maivia, who was The Rock's original name. Yeah. And then what was the fourth guy on the good guy's side? Do you remember? Fuck no. Okay. I'm sorry. These were not very memorable characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, look it up. Um, I'm going to look it up because it doesn't seem right to, to just forget that one guy. Yeah, we remembered the other guys. Why couldn't we remember him? Uh, the last guy was the Stalker. Oh, that's why we didn't remember it. <laughs> yeah, uh, apparently the name of Wildman's real name was uh, Mark Nero. Yeah. And uh, here's the funny thing. Uh, 
Apparently, in 2016, there's a video of Dwayne Johnson watching the 20th anniversary of that first match. Like, uh, he watched himself Yeah. in October 4th of 2016. We'll have to watch that sometime. Oh, yeah, we'll have to see that. Um, Wild Man... Well, first of all, we... One second. Yeah. Comparing this to to what was, at the time, or, or our era, yeah. WWE Attitude era, yeah. entries was pathetic because they're just they're a quick announcement they walk out the only one that got any kind of notice at all any kind of like positive like like here's an entry was wild man who had fireworks right over the thing which one was cool because i never actually seen that before yeah that was pretty cool but two felt so much like a, a holdover from the 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 80s well the 80s distributed era he well, also, there are different rules to where they what they can because they can do fireworks, but only in like the back part of the stage. Yeah, now. you can't do it right over the ring. No, um, <laughs> there was and Jake the Snake dude also had, had kind of an entry, but it was just him holding a snake. Him going, ha, oh, I got a snake, and, and then, then throwing the snake, and I'm like, the, the snake! Onto the stage, and then he shoves the, that poor boa in a fucking sack and just hands it off the side. I'm like, that snake! That, that, that poor, poor snake! snake. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he was the only one that had, like, an entrance. Everybody else is like, it's this person, and then they're like, ha, oh, I'm here! And yeah. I'm like, okay! Gold Dust was fabulous, though. Oh, oh, yeah. Just Gold Dust looked amazing. I kind of fucking love that outfit. Gold Dust deserved bigger than, <laughs> than what Gold Dust got. Gold <laughs> Dust got <Nothing>. dusted. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I, I love. Okay, here's the thing about Gold Dust. He's got Gold Dust paint on his body. Big ass wig. Big ass flowing wig. That's yeah, important. flowing blonde wig. With a huge, what looks like like feather boa, it was, like, yeah, like it was, thing yeah. on him, and so it's clearly like like. Clearly, the, the guy was basically going for Kiss mixed with Liberace. Yeah. And then, but they always made it a point of him walking out with a hot woman who would hold a cigar in her it's mouth. It's like, it's not a drag queen, we swear. It's, no, look, he's got a girl. <laughs> he's got a hot girl with him. Because gay like, people can't wrestle. <laughs> which is why there's a new wrestling federation that just exists. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying it was it, with the modern with a modern eye seeing Goldust's outfit as not meant to be funny but just something that celebrates how and, much and how clearly fat he's he a, clearly he's a villain. Look at him. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah, <laughs> he's a. <laughs> uh, I I'm actually sad Goldust didn't get better. Um, <laughs> he deserved. Justice. It would have been really awesome if that if that would have ended because as Megan mentioned, uh, the, they go one by one. first of all the, the match takes forever to start. Oh yeah, because the two of them like, we're like come on hit each other. And I don't mean like the entries took forever, although the fireworks did go on for quite a while. The fact of the matter is what what we're talking about is when the bell rang. Wildman stood out, and then the guys on the other side were like, okay, which one was going to go out? Okay, you go out. And then he went out, and then Wildman turned to his partner, Jake the Snake, and slapped him, so he went in, and then the guy who was in with He's him... He's like, fuck no! Oh, no, I'm going in with him, so he slapped another guy, and then that guy, they got triple... Jake would slap... <laughs> Uh, so Wild Man again. Like, they kept like, tapping each other. They kept not actually doing the fight. They also did this weird thing with their hands where they would do the, like, tink tickling each other's yeah, hands. Yeah, the, like, holding the each other's hands. The opponent thing. Yeah, they would hold each other's hands up. And then but it was like, kind of like a, a tickle, like like one of those... It's like when you're fighting with your, 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 your brother or sister and you're like, 
I'm not gonna touch you. I'm you. not touching you. But if you if you go, because you're it's like you're trying to get them, trying to scare them into reacting, so you can make fun of them for it. Yeah, you're trying to get them to be to hit first, uh-huh. so you can be like, huh. But it was just weird to see wrestlers doing that. I like, was like, acting like toddlers. I was like, what? But it took forever. Once it finally started, uh, uh, they I forget the order, but it would have been really neat. If it had gotten down to Goldust and Triple H, or who would eventually become Triple H, he isn't called that yet. Yeah. Uh, versus this is very early in his career. Versus Rocky Maivia, just because of where the I thought Goldust was awesome, and knowing that the Triple H Rocky Rocky the Rock versus Triple H rivalry that would pop up later, it would have been really neat. But yeah. Triple H gets uh, t- kicked out pretty early. Yeah, I think this is when he was in trouble mm-hmm. with. Vince, having broken kayfabe. Yeah, he was in trouble with Vince McMahon at the time, so he was getting the shaft. Mm-hmm. Like, the and total fucking shaft. So I think the last guy was Crush, who I'd never seen before. Never seen since. <laughs> I do remember Goldust vaguely. Like, I remember catching a few yeah, of his, his yeah, matches think, during the Attitude I think era. on YouTube they have, like, old wrestling matches, and I think I've seen his picture a couple times. Well, I think I remember, like, when I used to watch Raw and SmackDown back yeah. in my high school days, Yeah, I do think I caught one or two of Goldust's matches. They were always really low tier. Like, mm. never the big central match of the no, game. No, it was, like, the first match that happened. The big night. central the big central matches were always The Undertaker, Kane, Rock, Steve Austin, Triple H, Jericho, Edge, uh, or... Um, uh, CM Punk. Those were always the big guys. Those mm-hmm. were the big names. Or Kurt Angle yeah. when he was a big thing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, we they did a, a cool leg flip. This is the first time that The Rock did his leg flip where yeah. he lands on his back and pushes himself up. Yeah. I gotta say this. For a guy who is six foot four or five and, and he four fucking muscles, nimble. <laughs> he's nimble as fuck. I wish I had his nimbleness. Um, and I do in every other part of my body except my ankles, which is where you need it. <laughs> so that was the first one. Rock won it, uh, which was fun. Yeah. But as I mentioned, they kept doing something on the the announcers, where they kept bringing up his father and bringing up his granddad. And clearly he wasn't the big name there because they kept talking about, like, the grudge going on between these other two guys, and I'm like, I don't know who the hell these people are. No, I also have to comment that um, the thing that's kind of funny is that they had a female announcer for this one mm-hmm. named Sunny. This is the only time in, in any of these matches and where there was a female announcer. Yeah. And all she did the whole time was, was be thirsty for the bad guys. Well, thirsty for the bad guys. And bitch about the two women that were on stage, that yeah. were off stage. Because there's, Goldust brings out his girl, and I think Wildman brought out his girl. Yeah. And she's constantly talking about how... They have fake tits. They have fake tits, <laughs> and how, how she could have been, a, how she would have been better, it, but she doesn't take second day, seconds. And then when Dwayne Johnson wins the, the match, she's thirsty for him. She's like, maybe I should get to know him. And I'm like... <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ, this is not progressive in any way. No, it's so funny, because, like I said... No women were interviewed for this, except for The Rock's ex-wife and The Rock's mom, and that's it. And I know Trish Stratus was in the WWF Attitude Era. She was huge shit at the time. Yeah, yeah. So was China. I know she passed away by the time this documentary came out, but they didn't even do an ode to her. Yeah. Which is really weird, because one of the matches we're going to talk about, she's there. Yeah. It was part of the Rock's storyline involving her. Yeah. And they never even mentioned China, which was so weird to me. Yeah. They could have at least said, we miss her. Yeah. (laughs) 
or left. I'm sure all the wrestlers did say that. They just didn't add it to this. I, I don't know. It was. I'm guessing it would it, it would have gotten away. It would have gotten in the way of Vince McMahon's advertisement. Yeah, it would have gotten in the way of Vince McMahon. Everybody loves working at the WWE. Even though it kills people. Yeah, and <laughs> it would, might have raised the questions. Oh, yeah, she died. How did she die again? Complications due to constantly having to do wrestling without any health insurance? Oh. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's actually how it. she died. but uh. mm. In fact, the, the match with China is the second one. SummerSlam yeah. of 98. Yeah. Uh, apparently... It was a ladder match. It was a ladder match where Triple H was current. I guess the storyline at this point was Triple H was dating China. Yeah. By the way, 96 to 98, they completely skip over the Nation of Domination. Not one of the matches is shown. Nope. Even though the Rock going from a baby face to a bad guy was Happened during in that, that time. Era, yeah, he was clearly right a it. bad guy at this time. Yeah, they jump right over it. Triple H was the hero. He was defending his girl's honor. The ladder match was okay. It was, I, I wouldn't say it was I've seen great. better ladder matches. Yeah, and it was nice to see China again. It was uh, it, it was interesting to see. It, it's interesting to see, it, it's so weird to see Triple H like through his career yeah. by proxy. It's, yeah, several points of it. it by proxy. <laughs> Uh, they did, uh, they did, it was much quicker. The yeah. fight just started. Uh, like, immediately they run out and start hitting each other, and we're yeah. like, oh shit. Yeah, because it's like, in, in, it was just so weird how in two years they went from, it took forever to introduce every single person, they all took their spot on the side of the state, on the side of the All were just standing waiting. there, waiting. And then in the WWF Attitude Era. Posing. Like, the WWF Attitude Era, it was like commonplace for the guy to barely make it down halfway down the ramp, and then just run into the ring. He's like, and then oh, they, he's fucking there. And then they already started punching. By the time somebody got around to ringing the, do- the bell, they're like, oh, the- they're like, they're like, they're like, oh, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they do a home improvement reference, which, which I remember aged like milk. <laughs> yeah, home improvement is not the worst show from the nineties no, era, but it's but clearly Tim Allen's the worst part of the show, yeah. <laughs> which is sad because he's really great in the Santa Claus movies. Yeah. Uh, next up is 98 of Breakdown. They jump two years and they jump like months. Yeah, it was a like a long next, stretch. Yeah, it was like a month or three months or four months. And <laughs> it's just like, what? They still had to cut out the F. Yeah. Um, I can't remember which one this one was. Do you remember which one it was? Third match? Yeah, the third match. Wasn't it, it his, like a, sto- wasn't that one the, the, the Stone Cold Steve Austin one? No, no, I'm sorry. There was uh, we. There were two with Triple H. Yeah. Uh, one was on Raw. Yeah. Which was before the ladder match. I did not mention that one. Oh. Uh, that was not that interesting. Though. No, it wasn't very good. And then was the the the, the ladder match for the International Comp- Continental Championship with China being there. Yeah. That was a ladder match. After that is the um, the re- one of the really good ones, which is the triple threat cage match. Oh, that one was really good. Between yeah. Mankind, The Rock, and Ken Shamrock. Now, I've never heard of Ken Shamrock before, but the whole point of this movie, the, this particular match, was to see Mankind and The Rock. They were both great in that fight. Yeah, they were great. And when they were fighting together, it was awesome. When they fought against each other, it was awesome. Like, everybody kept teaming up, but also fighting each other. Because it was a three-way match. Yeah. And and the rules were, you win either by submission, by uh, uh, pin, pin, 
or you win by uh, getting, being the first person to put both your feet on the ground. And the best part outside is outside of the cage. Outside of the cage. And the, the best part was when uh, when the match started and Shamrock and the Rock went right at it. Mankind just tried to go out the door. So yeah, he could that, win. yeah. Which was hilarious. <laughs> it was so funny. They're like, he's smarter than he looks. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, damn. And the fight was great. And this is the one where uh, he's up on top at one point. The mankind has climbed to the top oh, of the cage. Oh, it's so cool. And he's about to, to leave and he stops and he turns around because both Shamrock and Rock are down yeah. on the mat. And instead of leaving, he turns around and he does a huge jump, like 14 like feet. Like he's going to like slam on him. And then Rock rolls out of the way at the last second. Yeah. But it was fucking awesome I was see. like, oh, so cool. <laughs> and it was in that era where Dwayne Johnson was still a bad guy and he wins by basically cheating. Yeah. Uh, the Rock... The Rock is down, Shamrock is down, Mankind climbs over the cage, gets halfway down the other side, and then the Rock crawls over to Shamrock and pins him yeah. just before Mankind hits the ground. Yeah. So technically the Rock won, even though Mankind clearly should have won. Yeah. Uh, it was in one of those eras where bad... It's true of wrestling in a lot of ways that bad guys usually win every normal match or every non-pay-per-view match. They win... Usually by cheating, even though, you know, the good guy should have won. Which is just funny that Mankind was the good guy in I that know, scenario. Because he's usually not. He also looks crazed. Like, that's yeah. the point of his character. Yeah. So, after that was the Royal Rumble. Right? Was that the next one? Yeah, Royal Rumble, the I Quit match. That was... That was epic. Okay, uh, this is... I'm, I'm going to say this right now. Out of all the matches we watched, this was my favorite one. Yeah, the cage mat, these two were great. Yeah, these were fucking great. Uh, this is the one where he basically... This is, the, the problem is that this DVD peaked too yeah, early. Too early. <laughs> too early. Uh, this is the one where <laughs> Dwayne Johnson earns the title of the most electrifying man. Yeah. In wrestling, when he throws mankind onto what is supposed to be the... A amps. Amps, but well, must be light equipment. circuits. Yeah, because equipment. Because the lights That's literally like... cut out. Yeah. And they spark like crazy when mankind lands on them. And, and they're like, oh, he's been electrocuted. Yeah. And it's, I'm sure it was staged, but yeah. God, did it look awesome. It looks so fucking cool. He also cool. slams the, the, the bell from the, the cage, like the, the match, into, like, he yeah. puts it up against mankind's head and then rings ding, it. Ding, ding. And then he starts singing, bells will be ringing. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. And he actually gets, like, the fight goes on and on and they keep every time they but it's to, still entertaining yeah and they say, they have to get one of them to say I quit yeah and every time they put a mic down there they're just like kiss my ass <laughs> which was so funny screw you yeah. <laughs> go to hell rock <laughs> and then and mankind gets a couple of them from the rock yeah. too which was great yeah. and then at the very very end when they really like Okay, Mick Foley must have one of the highest tolerances for pain in the world. Yeah. Because he put himself through so much There shit. was blood <laughs> on both sides. Yeah, and then he uh, he holds it down and finally Mankind screamed, I quit, I quit, like really loudly. And everybody yeah. was like... Because <gasps> <gasps> he had never quit before. No. Ever. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty... That was the best. Yeah, that was the best match out of all of them. I think the second best match was the next one. The no-holds-barred match against Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> that was fun. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, that was pretty fun. <laughs> uh, they did a camera bit. Yeah. Remember that? Oh, yeah, the camera bit where they, like, they clearly used a cheap camera. Yeah, it was really funny because they have these really, I'm guessing, HD or... Early HD. HD. Yeah, cameras that are great. Yeah. And then then Rock looks over and sees... Okay, a camera right there. Sees a camera, 
and then they cut to that camera feed, and it's like one of the the, the shittiest. It's one of the shittiest quality cameras there. Yeah, it's still a professional camera, but it's clearly a shitty like eighties one. Yeah, we've used. seen bad movies filmed on it. Yeah, and then he brings that over, and then they they do a, a thing where he's he like flicks flips the yeah flips. flips Stone Cold off, and then he starts panning over the audience. And then he pans back at Stone Cold standing up, and he flips him back and then grabs him and throws him on the, the yeah. stage until it collapses. And it's clear that when they planned this, they're like, okay, use one of the older cameras, so if it gets broken, it won't be that big of a loss. Yeah. So you can tell. But it was still really fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was like a horror movie clip. It was great. It was. A, this is the one where I believe um, uh, What's-His-Face, uh, it was the last one on disc two. It was the one where Vince McMahon's son yeah. He's the ref. Yeah, yeah, the Shane dude. Yeah, and he was clearly in in Rock's corner. This is when The Rock was the corporate champion. I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and at the end of the match, like Vince sells himself as the lesser of two evils because even though Sean is going out of his way to rob, I guess Stone Cold. Yeah. Of his match belt, Vince like he he won the match. You have he brings out a second referee. Who yeah. actually, like, because they keep doing, like, he's actually the ref. Shane is actually the ref. Yeah. And he keeps almost tapping, and then he stopped at three. He wouldn't hit the third one, yeah. even though Stone Cold had won the match. But then Vince walks out with a second referee who actually calls it and then hands the the belt to Stone Cold. And it was like, it's meant to show that Vince is the lesser of two evils, because at least he'll keep his word. And, you know, fuck you, Vince McMahon. Fuck you, and fuck your kids. And I don't know if they're as bad as him. Probably like, I, not, but At the bare minimum, know. I give Stephanie a lot of points for being an actual wrestler. Yeah. Because she has put herself through a lot of pain. It's also kind of sad, because this is the era where all they would ever talk about was the size of her fake, her boobs and whether or not they were fake. Yeah. Like, it, about her character, which is really sad. They also wrote her terribly yeah she was an idiot it's actually a great lead into the next one because um this is peak this is the triple h one yeah this this is the first one on disc three uh it's SummerSlam uh of 2000 and it's the one where the rock versus kurt angle versus triple h yeah and Stephanie keeps fucking up constantly apparently the storyline was that kurt angle had a crush on stephanie yeah he kissed her and she had kind of liked it. Triple H, who was married to Stephanie at the time, was very angry about it. And this is where, like, the, the second disc was pretty good. Yeah. The third disc is when we get a lot of the stuff that just kind of dragged it down. Yeah. Because this one was weird because even though The Rock is one of the competitors, computer, the whole point of the story of the, of the match is Triple H versus Kurt Angle with Stephanie caught in the middle. It's a love triangle. The yeah. Rock is just... The Rock is basically... Just there. Rock from the from the, 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 from the... from the cage match. Where it's more the story of... what You're enjoying more Mankind and The Rock than you are Shamrock. He's just there to be the third guy. Yeah. And it's weird they included that in a Best of Rock collection. Yeah. That he wasn't the focus. I, I, like, I remember it opening up, and I'm like, oh, that was peak Triple H, because he was huge in it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's like, just... It, the Rock is not the focus of this match. This also was... Even oh, though he won, he's not the focus of the fucking match at all. I'm also assuming this is around the time when um, Stone Cold was no longer... When he was injured? He must have been injured, because he was in the 99 match, yeah. and then he was out of it. Yeah. 
So I'm assuming that this is during that, and it wasn't a bad match, but most of it was about Kurt Angle and Stephanie, and, and the way Stephanie was written, she was so fucking, fucking stupid. dumb. Like, go help my husband! Yeah, Triple <laughs> like, H comes what? out, literally puts Kurt Angle on, like, damages him enough to put him on a, a stretcher. Yeah. Then won't let the stretcher leave, he wants to keep beating the guy up. Yeah. Then he gets, uh, he, Triple H goes back in the ring with the Rock, starts losing, and she goes to Kurt Angle and begs him to go fight uh, to defend Triple H for her. And as soon as Kurt Angle gets in there, he completely screws over Triple H, yeah. who's about to win. Yeah. And Stephanie does nothing this entire match. Like, at least when China she, and she Triple She gets H punched at one point. <coughs> by Triple H. Yeah. But at least when China was dating Triple H in that match earlier, like, she did stuff. Yeah. She threw the, the ladder in, she pulled it out, she, she helped. She helped him. She got up and punched a dude at one point. Like, yeah. it's... It, it, this case, Stephanie just spends most of the time on the side of the... And even the oh. commentators are commentating on her. Like, she doesn't know what to do. Like, the whole point... I'm like, of, I don't either. <laughs> the whole point of Stephanie's character, at least at this point, which was the WWF Attitude Era, was that she was the daughter, the dumb daughter of the rich guy who owned the company, who was an asshole, who she was married to one of the wrestlers, and she had huge boobs. Yeah. That was literally the entirety of her character, from what I recall. Yeah. There's literally a story point where... Right shortly after this, where she claims to be pregnant because Triple H is mad at her for how badly she's been screwing up, and she goes, I'm pregnant, that's why I've been having trouble and why I can't think clearly, why I've been emotional lately, and then Triple H hugs her, and then it's revealed like two episodes later she was lying. Yeah. Like, that is not cool. That is Even not good writing. <laughs> That's not good writing. That's not good anything. That's not good representation. It doesn't... It, it just... It was so weird. <sighs> okay, so that one wasn't that great. Uh, it was okay for a triple... If it had been in a Triple H of collectors... It that would make fine. sense. It doesn't make any sense why the Ro it's in the Rocks collection. Yeah, I mean, I get that he was there, but he was not... Mm -hmm. Not even close to the focus. Here comes the best one, I think, in this disc, though. Yeah. It's the one with The Undertaker. Oh, it was fucking great. World oh. Tag Team Championship match. It's the Rock and Undertaker versus Edge and Christian, which I believe is Chris Jericho. Yeah. And, um, oh, my God. Like, ah, oh, that one was so good. Like, the Undertaker just makes me so happy whenever I see him. Mm -hmm. It sounds so weird to say that. But you said I missed something because I stepped out of the room for a second. Yeah. You missed the rope walk? Yeah. He, he climbed up on the corner, and then he started walking on the rope, and then he went, Boom! On the it was so cool, but, and this, and I'm not talking about the Rock. I'm talking about the Undertaker. Yeah, he did one... that. He's this big ass dude, and he's and he's walking on this rope, and it's just and I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Honestly, this one, if this one, had, instead of the second match, the Raw one between the Rock and Triple H, they had had this one on the second disc. It would have been like a perfect collection disc. Yeah. Of really cool Rock matches. Yeah, yeah. Because after this, it kind of gets a little. Like, it peters out. It peters out because the next one is is from 2001, uh, 729. I'm sorry. Uh, 1218. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry again. It is raw. It's from 2002. They jumped two years, yeah. or a year and a half, uh, to 72902, and it's The Rock versus The Nature Boy Ric Flair. And this isn't a bad match, 
But it's one of those where it really relies on your love of older wrestling, which yeah. I was not, I had not seen. It was okay. For new wrestling. Like, it's it's basically what they like, believe. Like, we remember sh- Ric Flair? Yeah, and he's not bad. He's still, for a man who had me pushing 50 at this point. Yeah, he least, was old. He's still. For looked, a wrestler, yeah. He still looked good. He still knew how to hold a, a, a wrestling match. He still knew how to hold the audience. Yeah. Uh, but, it, and the, the the best part was the ending. Where, yeah, where... This is where Dwayne Johnson's now a good guy again, because he walks back out and... And shakes his hand. Shakes his hand, and then Ric Flair grabs his arm and lifts it up, so, you know, you this guy won, he's awesome. Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah. Um, but I think that was mainly meant to be kind of a, a teaser for what we would eventually get later with the Hulk Hogan match in WrestleMania 20, which yeah. was like two years late, like later that year. Yeah. Because the rematch in No Way Out was in 2003. Yeah. And, uh, but the next match is The Rock versus Brock Lesnar from 2002. Yeah. And that one was really good from a, ow, that looked painful perspective. Like, yeah. up till this it point, was... most of the, we could tell when they're holding back and when yeah. they're trying to turn... Brock Lesnar knows how to sell actually causing pain. Yeah, because it looked like it hurt. Yeah, and Brock Lesnar really didn't have much of a character. He was mainly no. just a mountain with muscles. Yeah. Uh, but he knew how to sell it. They also had this thing where his manager would try screwing around and his manager gets... They love putting people through the, the announcer tables. In this yeah. Style. Oh, my God. Like, like we 99 were, through every, 2003, it was like at least yeah, once a match. Yeah, we were watching the matches and like, oh, they're going for the announcer table again. Yeah. And it was really funny because they did get a point of removing, like, the, the, the... They pull out the shit that's in it. Yeah, the, the electronics, conveniently. They pull the electronics out, they remove the top piece... So it's just the board, and then they would slam them, and they would always collapse straight down. Yeah. As opposed to breaking in half or anything else. So you know it was cut specifically to do that, and they removed all the stuff that either would have been expensive or might have actually caused damage because it was made of metal. Yeah. Yet it was always meant to be like, whoa, they did that. Yeah. I still say the the, the, the highest point in this was the... The match with mankind. Yeah. Where he threw him into the, that was, <laughs> like, the Transformers. It, it was, which must have been really fucking dangerous. Yeah, that must have been... Because they really hard. actually sparked. Yeah. Uh, so there must have been some actual electronics in there, even if they weren't connected to anything. Yeah, that must have been some sort of pyrotechnics or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was it was dangerous, but cool. It was cool. <laughs> uh, but so, yeah, it, it was one of the better matches on this disc, but it wasn't interesting. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, it was at this point that I was starting to like. My eyes were starting to glaze over. No, it was mainly just how much, how brutal it looked. Yeah, it looked cool, but like. But it wasn't like it wasn't as gimmicky or as character driven because no. there is no real character, if I recall correctly, to Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Um. Okay. So then we get uh, the Hulk Hogan rematch on No Way Out, which was two thousand three. Uh, yeah. And this one, even if the first one, by all accounts in the documentary they mentioned that the first fight was really cool. Like, yeah. they really put a lot of work into it. And I do not know why they didn't include it in <laughs> the original fight in this. It's one yeah. of those, it was one of those times where, up till this point, like I said, in the documentary part, they showed a clip of his father apparently joining him at some point. And I was in ex- the ring or And I was watching. expecting that match and it didn't happen. Yeah, and there was one where they talked about a match between him and uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin that yeah. wasn't the one we saw. It was no. a different one. And that one was amazing. Yeah. And then there's several moments I remember from And Steve. it's like, the, and they mentioned like the ones where he 
teams up with mankind, and uh, I was expecting to show one of those, and they didn't. They didn't show a single one from the Nation of Domination, even though that was when he really got to establish himself. They didn't right. even show his speech no. from Nation of Domination that got him noticed. No. Like, they, it's so weird, because the second disc leads you to false sense of security, because there's a lot of fairly good matches in that. None yeah. Not many of them are the major matches we were expecting, but there were still some good ones. Yeah, it was and I thought really the third one was going to have like even like those would be the ones that are more story driven. For They're this. like, oh, this is going to be even better, and then it just kind of fell limp. <laughs> nope. Uh, so this is Hulk Hogan. The fight honestly isn't that great by all accounts. The at least the performance, even though it would have been icky to watch Hulk Hogan in his WrestleMania 20 match with Rock. Uh, at least the performance is apparently good. Yeah. But we didn't get to see that. No. And don't tell me it's because it was WrestleMania and you had to pay for that shit. It was one match from WrestleMania, and it was it's 20 years. It was WrestleMania 20, and this is WrestleMania 28 when this came out. Yeah. That was eight years ago. Yeah. Anybody who was going to buy that DVD already bought it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it was just, it, and also it's clear that, like, the first match when they show it, he was still in his NWO. Yeah. Get up, so it was clearly like, oh, he was still doing his bad guy's chick or yeah. whatever. Whereas at this point... And this he is, was clearly a good guy. Yeah, yeah he was yeah. a good guy in this one, and, and Rock was back to being a bad guy, which is weird because his Ric Flair match was only a year earlier, and he yeah. was a good guy. The part that was so, <laughs> so uncomfortable was at some point during the story of the match, The Rock takes uh, the bandana yeah. and his belt and starts whipping uh, the back of Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And then Hulk Hogan angrily takes the belt back and starts whipping the rock. Now, I understand that in the context of the wrestling match, it's just payback, but with his N-word revelation since this, you're seeing a big white guy who has some racist leanings whipping the back of a black man. And it just does not feel okay. This, this <laughs> match should not feel okay. and then It should not have been written. In the slightest, just no. should not have been written. Even without the revelation about his his thing. And you can tell that it feels to me like they really wanted to do that whipping. Because I think whipping was something he used to do. That's why he wore a belt. Yeah. And I think they wanted to do that with The Rock, but they wanted to justify it so it wasn't a white guy whipping a minority. So they had The Rock do it first. Say, it's okay, because he's just getting payback. Yeah. And, and he's the bad guy in this match. And I'm like... Ooh. It doesn't look good, guys. It really doesn't. Uh, it was just—it uh, was just an uncomfortable match. It was. This is. Yeah. And I might be wrong about him whipping people in the past. I have not seen the classic Hulk Hogan wrestling matches, know. but it seems like that was a thing. I remember a few of his figurines where you could take the belt and put it in his hand. Yeah. So I'm thinking that's because he must have used it as a weapon in the ring. I, I don't know. But I—I I, it just, felt uncomfortable. Oh, it was very uncomfortable. <laughs> and then you're supposed to be like. On the Hulk's side, which is really weird. Yeah, you're supposed to be on his side because he got cheated out of the match, but you're just like, what did I just watch? And again, I understand that the message... Hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah, I understand that this is before the revelations about him came out, and I understand that in the story of the match, he was just getting payback for The Rock doing it to him. Yeah. And it wasn't okay for The Rock to do it to him if this was real life. Yeah. But it still was Hulk Hogan, who apparently at least has racist leanings, whipping a guy who's half black while he was on the floor unconscious, regardless of what other reasons there might be to justify it. Mm. <laughs> like, you know, it still felt weird. If I could have skipped this, I would have. Yeah, we just, we knew we'd have to comment on it. So, but yeah, ugh. 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 And all the ugh. Yeah. All right, uh, we're almost done, though. Uh, then we have the Raw 
He returns to Raw in 2003. This was the next day yeah. after the Hulk Hogan fight. And he just smack talks the whole time. Yeah. So it was just a smack talk. There wasn't any fighting. Which was not what I was... Actually, that's really sad. The Hulk Hogan fight was the last actual fight. Yeah, everything desk. else from here is just his speeches. Performance. Performances. That's yeah. it. Yeah, they're just silly and it, wasn't even that, it wasn't even that great of a fight with Hulk Hogan either. Like, no. it wasn't like... Like, if it had been the WrestleMania 21, like I said, at least, apparently, the performance was good. I haven't seen it. Yeah. But everybody talked about it on this disc like it was amazing. Yeah. Like, he literally said when they both got back to the back behind the stage, they both were crying. Yeah. And I'd like to think it's because the, the match performance was just that good. Yeah. Uh, so at least we could have commented on how cool the wrestling was. But I don't remember anything, besides the whipping, I don't remember anything in the wrestling match between those two. I don't remember anything that interesting, except for the, the part where at the end where apparently he cheats. Yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, we got the, the throwing <laughs> McFoley on the electrical stuff. We got the McFoley jump in, on the from the cage match. We yeah. got uh, Stone Cold and Rock being thrown into literally the pylons of stuff yeah, that would yeah. fall apart yeah. in their match. We got the ladder stuff in the Triple H match. Yeah. We got, or in one of the Triple H matches, uh, yeah. we got uh, the, the, the rope walk yeah. with The Undertaker in the tag team match. Yeah. I can't remember anything else about the Hulk Hogan match except that Hulk Hogan whips the Rock on his back. At one point. Yeah. And I know why he did that. I know all the justifications anyone's going to bring up. It still felt weird. It, <laughs> it was still weird. felt weird it and bad. It was really weird. <laughs> so anyway, this is in 2003 Smack Talk, where he just runs through his disdain for the, the city he's in and how mad they are. This is the Goldberg one, I believe, right? No, no. The Goldberg was Rock Concert too. This was about Hulk Hogan and how mm. angry, like, he was like, hey, you all are upset, yeah, and that kind of thing. I won. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. The Rock can still deliver smack talk with the best of them. I'm just saying it wasn't as that's entertaining. Not, that's not what we're here for. We yeah. don't. We, we don't. I, a trolling has lost its appeal in the, in the, in the subsuing nearly 20 years of the after I, this. I was just shocked that after that there was like no fighting. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be like Hulk Hogan came out and started punching him again. Or <laughs> or there was going to be somebody else there to defend. Yeah. Hulk Hogan's honor. Like yeah. Ric Flair would come out because they used to wrestle each other or together or whatever and then yeah. he would say, I thought you were a better man than this, which would have justified the Ric Flair match. Yeah. I thought you were a better man than this, but you're just a little Rudy Poo asshole. Mm. And then he walks up and starts punching him like no. something like that but nothing it was just smack talk and i'm like oh and then uh then we get a rock concert uh two months later uh the second of the rock concerts which was really weird because in the documentary they mentioned the first one which i think was better yeah but when we get to see it it was a lot more funny yeah uh and this is the one versus him versus goldberg uh where he's in goldberg's hometown and he's it's bashing not, atlanta yeah it's he's, Go ahead. Yeah, it's not really good until, like, Goldberg actually comes out. Yeah, because he rides up in his Vin Diesel car. Yeah, and then he comes his inside. Batmobile. Yeah, because it, it's not as... His 1960s Batmobile. Because he's not that... The Rock really wasn't that funny with his concert. No. Idea. It wasn't. It was just straight up. It was just trolling. Yeah. It was just trolling constantly. And it wasn't as entertaining in the modern era, given how much that is uh, just a part of culture now. Yeah. And it also wasn't as funny as the first one, where he actually got some legitimately funny zingers in that yeah. were insults but funny. Yeah. That we saw in the documentary part. 
which is why I couldn't understand why they did two. But when Goldberg actually showed up, it was funny because The Rock was like, you, all you security guys, come down here, don't let him get past. And then he had like a, a guy that was impersonating Goldberg. He was just this, uh, this like... Really unfunny. Really unfunny. He looked like he was doing the derp face. Yeah. And he was kind of old and like skinny and bald and, you know... It was funny when The Rock is like, you know what, you know what, it's not a big deal because uh, you've been making fun of this guy for like ten years. He's gonna kick your ass. <laughs> like that was pretty funny. But and then, like, it, it was just. And like, then when Goldberg actually walks out, he goes, "Look, Goldberg, I understand completely that you want to kick this guy's ass." <laughs> that was that was what it took. It took Goldberg actually showing up for it to actually yeah, he start didn't getting say funny. Any funny thing. It was just funny that he was there. Yeah. And then, he didn't say one thing. <laughs> no, and then he barrels through like a bowling ball through the, the security guards and Rock yeah. runs off stage and then he confronts all the security guards. He throws them all around the ring. Yeah. Then the, the, the Dilberg, well, I think it was his name, it was Goldberg, but with Dil, yeah. Dillweed, I think was the combination, Dilberg. He, uh, he tries fighting him and then Goldberg grabs him and then just before he's about to basically throw him across the ring, The Rock comes in and bashes Goldberg in the back of the head and then runs out. Yeah. And then Goldberg chases him. Yeah. And then he gets in, the camera is out in the parking lot area and we see... Him getting in the... Dwayne Johnson gets in his stretched Hummer limo, which yeah. stretched Hummers were a thing. Yeah, I remember uh, those. <laughs> and then the camera kind of zooms forward and then zooms back and as the Hummer's pulling out, we get... Goldberg running to his car, and he backs up and he tries to chase after them, but apparently, either intentionally or otherwise, the car would not start. It stalled. It stalled, so he got out of the car and started running on foot, and then Dwayne Johnson walks up behind him and just kind of watches as he runs away, because the implication is he told his driver to just drive off. Yeah. And... Goldberg is chasing an empty limo. Yeah. <laughs> and that was kind of funny. That was kind of funny. But, but overall it wasn't It was it was like it was like 3 minutes of genuinely funny with in like what and was like a 10 minute thing. Yeah, it was like a 10 minute video. 7 minutes of was it was just cringe-worthy. I was like god. Oh, boring. Stop. It was just boring. Well, and... when they were doing the Dilberg stuff and trying to I'm like, "Oh god, oh. please don't do the the me the metal deficiency as a, a joke thing. That's one of the, my pet peeves. Uh, I hate that. <laughs> autism is a joke, haha. Also, that wasn't Goldberg, even if he was. Oh, just... Oh. Uh, then next up was the, uh, the Raw 2011. This was his triumphant return after seven long years. I just wish they'd yeah, they, they should have skipped those last two and just yeah. went straight to this one. Yeah, because it was kind of weird, because he bashed Atlanta in one of these two, and then he comes back to Atlanta, and everybody's screaming happy that he's there. And he's like, I, know I missed you guys! I know it's been seven plus years at that point, because this was 214, this is Valentine's Day mm -hmm. of 2011. Yeah. So it was almost eight full years since Rock Concert 2. Yeah. But it was still... Weird to go from those two moments. Yeah. Or just uh, assembling this DVD side of yeah, things. Yeah, whoever assembled this collection just was on crack or something. This is just not makes the sense. The second half was not that good. The Undertaker fight was the only one that was worth it. Yeah, it was the only one that was worth it. I wish it was on the... Uh, on the, the First disc. Take out the, the, the Rock versus Triple H right? fight or just add it to that. Yeah. It would be a much better one. Because no offense to the Rock versus Triple H 98 fight from Raw, but it just wasn't memorable. No. But this, the, the Undertaker fight was memorable. So yeah. if you needed the space, take that one out, put the Undertaker tag team match, and I'd keep the second disc of this. Yeah. And toss the other two. Yeah. Because I might rewatch those wrestling matches because they were pretty cool. They were pretty cool. Uh, but anyway, um, 
this was basically him announcing his WrestleMania host aspect. He does a really funny Justin Bieber joke. Yeah. Where he goes, I'm called, he goes, I called up Vince McMahon. I said, you know, and Vince McMahon said, yeah, I already know that I need the most electrifying performer and the most great mind and, and heart to host WrestleMania 27. And that one and only person has to be Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah, that was pretty funny. But, and the rest of it was okay. It was nice yeah. to so The Rock still has it. Like seven years out of the game, he still can hold an audience yeah. and make them cheer at just the right. They moments. should have just had the one speech and had more wrestling matches. He also does the Fruity Pebbles <laughs> joke about John Cena's outfit, which was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, coming out dressed like some Fruity Pebbles. We used to have. Of course, we can. Can you see me? Of course, we can see you. You used to. You come out wearing your purple outfit. Before that, you wore your light. Your loud green outfit. Before that, you wore your loud orange outfit. <laughs> dressing up every week like you're some kind of fruity pebbles. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> and then literally two months later, uh, which is the opening of WrestleMania, we don't get to see any of WrestleMania 27's matches, which yeah. kind of bugged me. But we get to see that there's actually a guy, like tons of people holding Fruity Pebbles <laughs> Yeah, they're holding Fruity Pebbles signs. And he actually, while The Rock is again doing his speech and doing a really good job at holding the audience, he goes, okay, this is what we're going to do together. I say, yeah, but you say, Dabba. Yeah, but Dabba. Yeah, but Dabba. But yeah, and that's the end of this thing. Uh, honestly... Uh, it's some of the matches were good, the but second it's not disc, overall. It's not really yeah. Worth all it. three of all three things, I would say the second disc and its matches are the best. Yeah. Uh, if the Undertaker match was on disc two, I would just keep disc two. Yeah. And say maybe I'll rewatch this someday, and they were all fun because the Survivor Series, honestly, that fight wasn't all that enjoyable, but it was just neat to see the Rock's yeah, first fight. You see an early fight for Triple H. Yeah. And uh, the second fight with The Rock versus Triple H wasn't memorable, but all the rest of them were. They yeah. were all great. Yeah. And then you got, like, the bulk of the other wrestling matches on disc three are just forgettable or not that interesting. Like, the Brock Lesnar one was good from a performance standpoint. But it, it's not... It wasn't... Like, I, I guess... It, we just didn't have the context for what was going yeah. on there. And it was, it was still... It was a good fight from a performance... From a... a a performance of violence perspective. Yeah. Like, it was a great action scene. Yeah. Is a great way to put this. But it wasn't a great movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> if we were going to compare this to film. Yeah. Um, it would be the... the it would, it would be uh, the... Uh, the Lone Ranger. Oh, yeah. Where, where it has that great train scene. That great train epic... One of the best action sequences in history is the, is the closing train sequence. Yeah. It is so well choreographed and so well written. It's funny. It's interesting. It has a lot of... Coolest to a lot it. of going the rest, on. Yeah, the rest of the movie is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Which is unfortunate, because I think mean, it could have been good, but it's terrible. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 that element. <sighs> so, yeah, uh, we, we got through this. Uh, aside from that, the opening documentary is interesting up to his discussion of the WWFE era. And then it kind of fades off. Yeah. Just hearing about his actual history was neat. Yeah. But... That was only maybe ten minutes of it. The rest of it is just bogged down in kayfabe and kissing Vince McMahon's ass so much it's hard to know what's interesting yeah. and to talk about. Yeah. Uh, admittedly, most of this stuff I already knew just because I watched it, that era, yeah. his early family. So his early family stuff was new for me, so that might have affected my enjoyment of it. But maybe, still. 
maybe. Um, maybe, but, but still. the Mankind interview stuff was interesting. Was cool because cool, I didn't know about any of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, Mankind was Mick Foley was the best part of this, both from a both from a wrestling the wrestling things perspective and the 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 documentary yeah. Mick Foley was the best part. Yeah, which is so <laughs> strange. Yeah. Because <laughs> this is about this is supposed to be about the Rock, and yeah. yet we we came out like, oh, we really like Mick Foley. Yeah. <laughs> uh, second disc for anyone out there thinking about buying this, I actually would not. I'm with Megan. I would not recommend the documentary part. Yeah. The match parts, the second disc is pretty good. Yeah. But I don't know if it's worth the money. Uh, it, it would if this was if this was really cheap, like you just you were interested. If you were intrigued enough, like we were, yeah, to buy and review this or watch it. It's worth it. Yeah. But I would not recommend it to someone who is not specifically looking for more Dwayne Johnson material or a refresher of some of Dwayne Johnson's wrestling career. Yeah. And even then, only the second disc is going to have the bulk of the stuff that's going to entertain you. Yeah. The bulk, disc three is, is kind of going to peter out. Yeah. It, um, which yeah. is unfortunate. It just halfway through just becomes talking. Yeah. And even then, the, the matches before that were not that Dumb interesting. Dumb soliloquies, that's what it becomes. Yeah. Yeah, the second half of the set third disc is basically just a bunch of speech speeches, most of which are trolling stuff that I'm kind of over yeah. at this point in my life. And the matches themselves, the only one that really held any mustard was the double was the tag team match with Undertaker. Yeah, and that's that's about it. Yeah, the rest are just not that entertaining. No, and no disrespect intended to any of the wrestlers except for Hulk Hogan, because uh, <laughs> I'm sure they all worked their asses off. Yeah. Brock Lesnar, um, you know. Um, uh, was one of the other guys he wrestled in disc three. Uh, Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle, Triple H, uh, uh, Ric Flair. I yeah. know they all were putting the work in, it's just that those were not mainline wrestlings. Which is, again, really weird that in the collection of the epic journey of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, they didn't include all of his most famous wrestling matches. No. It really is weird. Because it would have made it worth a, it. With the exception of his opening speech at WrestleMania 27, where he did not wrestle, yeah. there isn't a single WrestleMania in this. No. Like, not a single pay-per-view moment is in this, except for clips in the documentary part. Which was disappointing. Yeah, it was disappointing. If you're going to do this, Go bring his best the stuff. Away. The Stone Cold Steve Austin fight and the two, Rick, the two Mick Foley fights felt like big moments in his career, yeah. as well as the introduction fight. Yeah. But that was it. Yeah. Like, those four matches were it. Yeah. And in spite of his constant rivalry with Stone Cold, both before and after his injury, there's only one Stone Cold Steve Austin fight. Yeah, there's it's more, a good one. Yeah. There's more fights with him and Triple H on this DVD. Yeah. Several. Then, there's at least four. Yeah, there's at least four, as, yeah. as opposed to his actual arch nemesis. Yeah, and, the, the and fact that they kept circling each other was just well known. They were both the biggest names in wrestling yeah. for a while. And then they just show one fight. Yeah, and it's a good one. It's really good, but... But it's not the only fight no, they had. Like, it's, I, and I it's not even their best fight, from what I hear. I mentioned in one of the podcasts we did that uh, one of the biggest moments to me is when Stone Cold and The Rock were on the the stage together and they just started sharing a beer and drinking. Yeah. And, you know, like, uh, they, uh, and singing, like, yeah. they started singing together. Yeah. And then uh, The Rock, like, 
blindsides Stone Cold Steve Austin. You're like, The Rock, we'll never forget. And he just punches him right in the face. And I was waiting for that moment, because that was a big moment to me. But, nope. (laughs) No. It was so weird. Yeah. It honestly feels like... Like, I love the uh, tag (laughs) team match with him and and Undertaker, Undertaker, but... What did it have to do with anything else? The only thing significant about it is it made Undertaker and, and The Rock the tag team champions. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, that was it. There there was not, like, it didn't I mean, it was feel... significant because you wouldn't expect those two guys to be a tag team championship. Yeah. But it's not like The Undertaker and The Rock had this huge, epic, together team element no, to them. No, I mean, when I you mean, think of The Undertaker... Mick Foley you... would have made more sense. Yeah, yeah if, when you think of The Undertaker, you don't think of The Rock at all. No. I, I no, you think they're completely different spheres. His relationship was exclusively with Kane, his yeah. brother. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that was it. They don't have any of I mean, I'm sure there were other storylines involving him, but the only other person you think of when you think of The Undertaker is Kane, his humongous brother. And (laughs) then, yeah, the goofy guy (laughs) in the fucking jar. Yeah. (laughs) So, I just, it's so, it's, it it, it honestly feels a bit like a cash grab. Yeah. As much as it is propaganda, it feels like, it honestly, it's weird because it feels like a conniving old rich guy wanting to have propaganda without putting too much money into it. Yeah. Because he wants everyone to buy this to remember or watch this to remember who Dwayne Johnson is, but he doesn't want to waste all of the money he might make off selling WrestleMania 20 DVDs. Yeah. Or WrestleMania 15 DVDs. Yeah. So he's not going to put any of the big wrestling matches no. in this. He's Just the put... stuff that was on Raw and SmackDown that was kind of notable. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is kind of... And SummerSlam. Just that yeah. kind of stuff. Nothing, nothing of the big moments of the stories. Just... The bigger ones. And the fact they completely jump over the Nation of Domination element, when that was probably the biggest change of, of all I the knew th- nothing about it. And yeah. that was the most interesting part of the beginning of the documentary. Because yeah. <laughs> the, the thing is, that he clearly in his first fight, he's meant to be a babyface, and he's sold on his family's heritage. Yeah. And somewhere during the Nation of Domination, he shifted from a good guy to a bad guy, and from Rocky Maivia to The Rock. Yeah. Which means that should be the most significant part of the DVD, or at least least when you get to the matches. Yeah. You know, him changing, like you were saying. Him changing over from what he started as to what he is now, basically. Or what he he was famous for. What he's famous for, yeah. The fact that they didn't show a single one and none of the Nation of Domination guys were in any of the interviews is just surprising. It honestly makes me wonder if there's a story there. Yeah, but like, they, we, those guys we'll were never just know it genuinely because... pissed at what happened. Like, oh, it's so weird. So honestly, as much as I hate to say it, as huge rock fans as we are... And, and as excited as we were when this first came out... <laughs> yeah, because the idea was we get to watch a bunch of old wrestling matches yeah. and fun. This has actually been kind of disappointing. Disc 2 was the best part, and if the whole of it was on the level of Disc 2, like yeah. the documentary was that level of interesting. Like they actually the, did an actual documentary. Yeah, and the third disc was that level of awesome with yeah. the, his matches. I would probably love this. Yeah. But as it is, I'm kind of like, eh. I mean, I, I guess it's fun that I watched it, but I'm probably never going to watch it again. No, I mean, like it was mm. worth it to see some of it, but not... Not all of it. No, it's it was just light touches. Honestly, I think when I was watching wrestling, I saw more important moments than yeah. that what was on this DVD. There's like five matches that I think we genuinely liked. His first one, the two with McFoley, yeah, the one with Stone Cold, and the one with uh, the Undertaker, and yeah. then the other like. 
ten things on this are just not interesting. No. To any real level. No. I mean, they're not terrible, but I didn't like them that much. No. So, yeah, I, I have to say I sadly would not recommend this, even to the rock fans, unless you're just desperate for more rock material. Yeah, and I'm not saying there isn't anything on here that's worth not worth, like, worth it, because mm -hmm. there is stuff that's worth it, but it's not... Definitely buy this used, yeah. and buy it cheap. Buy like, it cheap and used. Don't probably, buy it brand new. It's probably worth five to seven bucks of your paycheck, but yeah. I wouldn't say it's worth any more of that. No. Because even the matches on here that I liked, I'm sure I could go on YouTube and find. Yeah. If I wanted to. I could find even better ones yeah. on YouTube. So <laughs> it's it's not even like you're getting a boatload of like hidden stuff. No. So, anyway, that's yeah. it for this. Um, yeah. Uh, that's it for this week. We are going to do WrestleMania 28 next week. Yes. Because that was his triumphant return. Mm -hmm. It's part of the reason we watched this. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go ahead and watch WrestleMania 28. See how that goes. See how that goes. We'll do a review on WrestleMania 28 next week, and we'll debate after that if we want to do WrestleMania 29, because that was kind of his send-off yeah. for a while. I mean, he came back to announcing, but that was like his last time wrestling. Yeah. From what I understand. Bear in mind, we haven't watched wrestling in about tw since about 20 years ago. I've only recently started re like started watching it because my boyfriend does. Yeah. Like, he literally, like, I go to his house, and they're like, oh, uh, whatever's on right now. Yeah. Let's go ahead and watch it. I'm like, okay, I'll just sit there and watch it. Let me know if Nia Jax is any good. When you see her. I would have to go over there on it's Sunday or Monday. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Well, yeah. he'd have to come over here. I mean, yeah. I'm sure we can pull it up somewhere. Uh, they have it on pay-per-view, I think. Oh, okay. Well, ask him about Or whatever Nia the fuck is I just think modern it's equivalent of pay-per-view. I just think it's interesting that another Rock family member is doing this. It's his yeah, cousin, and it's a woman. It. That's kind of neat. Yeah, <laughs> it is It is interesting. So, yeah, uh, that is that is everything. Uh would not recommend this, unfortunately, which is not what I expected to say when we originally yeah, got this. Yeah, we were hoping to... We were hoping... Because we've seen some really good documentaries over yeah. the course of our lives. Like, we've watched uh, some really good Star Trek documentaries. Yeah. Um, like, uh, Chaos on the Bridge. That one was... Yeah, I think that one was my favorite, and... My this name is, is Spock. Spock. Yeah, my name is Spock. And, uh... There was also... The Star Trek DS9, what we left behind one. Yeah, and then there was a couple other, uh... We, we watched... Nuts. Which is one amazing. of the best documentaries you'll ever No spoils for it at all. Just, no. If just you watch. Can find it. I don't think it was ever released on DVD or VHS. They need to. Which is the saddest thing I've ever said. They need to. But if you can find that streaming somewhere, watch it. It's called Nuts, N-U-T-S apostrophe. And the picture is a guy, on the cover is a cartoon of a guy riding a goat. Yeah. And I'm not going to explain anything about why that is, but it is true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, is, it is accurate for what is in that movie, and you need to watch that documentary. It, it fucked me up. Yeah, <laughs> it changed it's, it's my whole perspective on documentaries. <laughs> and life, in a yeah, lot of ways. Yeah. It's a great documentary. And there's a couple others we've seen that have been really good. Yeah. Um, there was that one documentary we watched about... Um, oh, Batman and Bill. Oh, yeah. That, that one was pretty, really good. Another that one's good really documentary. good. That one's really good. So we've seen some really good documentaries, and this is a documentary made by the WWE when they had the rights to all of his wrestling matches, yep. and they have, and it's about our guy, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. When I saw this, I'm like, we gotta watch this. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be interesting. We get to see some wrestling matches. We, we weren't expecting Lost Art. We weren't expecting another Nuts or no. anything, but we were expecting at least 
D- like the, the DSI documentary level. Yeah, it, something put where, some work into it. Where it's people who genuinely like, respect, and want to tell the story of The Rock making this documentary, yeah. and it comes across much more as a cheap cash grab propaganda commercial. Yeah. For, hey, The Rock's coming back to WWE. You want to watch the WWE, don't you? Don't you, you little bitch? Yeah. So. <laughs> Anyway, that's it for this week. We'll yeah. be back next week with WrestleMania 28, then we'll be back to movies. Yeah, we'll get back to actual movies. So uh, this is Eric. This is Megan. And you guys have a good one. And like I said, we'll try to be back next week. I shouldn't promise next week. We'll see how things go. But we'll we'll see. Hopefully next week, because it won't, it won't take nearly as long as this yeah, to get through. I think I'm off. You'll see. If you're off next week, we'll try. Yeah. We're also going to try to get our Star Trek documentary or Star Trek documentary podcast done today. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll probably be back with that if anybody's listening to that one too. Yeah. Uh, In the meantime, you guys stay safe out there. COVID is a thing, even though it's going away. We got a vaccine, but there's also vaccine-resistant variants out there. And there's also a shortage because I tried to put in for an appointment at the one that I'm at the Walmart I work at, and they're out. Yeah. So there's a shortage (laughs) and there's problems, but. Things are nowhere near as bad as they were last year at this time when we were debating doing this podcast. So, yeah. uh, things have It's least, just weird. That's what somebody said sli- about 2021. <laughs> yeah, it's gotten slightly better, but it's still... We are now... It's, it's, like, it's like when... Um, you know what this is, this year is? It's the year where when you, when you see a picture on a wall yeah. and it's a, a, it's a ship yeah. and you've seen that ship a thousand times... And then one day you come and you notice, oh, wait, the sails actually are a skull. And then from that day forward, you cannot look at that picture without seeing the skull. Uh, Yeah. That is life in 2021. 2020 showed us just how truly mother we are (laughs) by our culture, society, politics, and everything around us. And living in the modern era, we can't not see it. No matter how much we want to, we can't go back to not seeing it. So it's weird. We know that it's better... The skull isn't biting us anymore, but it's still there. (laughs) So that's it, everybody. Uh, Have a good one, and stay safe, and uh, be well. Yep. Bye. Bye.